0: Everyone, welcome to Game Face episode 241 on sifted games at sifted.net. Also, welcome to our last stream of 2020. It's making me sad. I don't know how you guys are feeling about it, Uh, but the year is wrapping up. I will say this there is a chance we do one more game phase before the end of the year but if the industry keeps going like it is right now that's not gonna
1: happen yeah. i Things can't be are- sad about anything that indicates the further passage of time right yeah, now Just, exactly. there was a fast forward button on reality i jumped straight to <laughs> april
0: okay i would do man we'd all, all
1: been all vaccinated be vaccinated like- cyberpunk would be patched like yeah. you know we'd be getting ready for some new games coming out like ratchet would probably be like out real be like
0: next gen exclusives yeah. yeah i'm with you man and i think a lot of people feel the same way, although some people are actually going to be able to celebrate the holidays. I hope that's the case for all you guys. I hope you guys can get together with family uh, and you've been around kind of family members through this whole quarantine and you feel safe doing that. Um, if you're in Australia, then you're doing great. Or if you're in New Zealand, yeah. you're out doing whatever the heck you want right now. They literally declared themselves COVID free yesterday in New Zealand, which that's is how you do it. That's how they great leadership, man. They yep. really had great leadership. Um. So, anyway, I just want to kind of lay things out as far as how things are going to work today because the stream is going to be about the same length as a normal stream from us for Game Face, except Game Face 241 is a really short episode. So we only have like three or four topics in one of them is just wrapping up all the fantasy stuff that's been going on. And it was crazy, like getting all the data for this stuff. I was like, wow, we had a lot of fantasy stuff going on this year. Really fun and really exciting. So one of the topics is that. Um, And we're going to talk about the Game Awards, obviously, and a couple other things. And then when that show wraps, uh, we'll dip to black for a couple seconds and then we'll come right back up for our Game of the Year awards for 2020. Uh, we have 24 categories this year. We did cut, cut a couple, but we've also added a couple as well. Uh, so really excited for that. But overall, uh, if you're talking about time commitment for our stream today, it's going to be about the same uh, as to what you're used to from our normal streams every week. So first of all, I just want to say happy holidays to all of you guys. Um, some Some people may just watch this and not watch our Game of the Year awards. So I want to make sure I say it at the front of both. Uh, happy holidays. I hope you guys all have a safe, uh, most importantly, safe holiday season. I hope you can see your family uh, if it's responsible to do so. Um, and I hope, you know, despite a lot of the financial troubles that a lot of people have been going through this year, I hope you can have a decent Christmas and you get at least one or two things that you'd really like. Uh, and the same goes to you, Matt. Uh, much love to you for everything you've done for SIFTED this year and Jared, as a matter of fact. How you doing, Jared? doing good hanging in there yeah jared's actually i think you are going home for the holidays right yeah i'm going
1: uh i'm gonna uh go next monday and just uh they said they're okay with me coming so i'm gonna try it out and get tested over and over again
0: yep so you're doing it the safe way and that's about the other way to do it if you're living far from home right now Uh, but jared thank you for everything you've done this year i really appreciate it man safe travels and happy holidays to you um, Jared doesn't have to do this He has other gigs At like TV networks and stuff So the fact that he uh, Takes the time out of his schedule To come and be our TD For Game Face Means a lot to me um, So anyway With that Let's get on with 241 We have this show This stream Is overwhelming To me uh, There were two days Of pre-production Put into this stream today um, And there are so many moving parts So many things we're doing I hope it all works We're going to give it a go It's live We'll see how it works, uh, but hopefully, you give us a little leeway. I'll say this: doing the Game of the Year awards in this setting is really weird. Um, the, to me, this will be the stream that will be the most strange, not being with Matt. While we do the show, but again we 're like everybody else we're just doing the best we can uh, with this crappy situation that we 're all in um, and before we get to the fantasy wrap up, I have something very awesome to share with you guys um, so as I mentioned earlier i I really do feel for all you guys who are out of work, and some of you guys have said that you've lost your jobs and you've continued to be patrons at sifted um, and so uh, I had a conversation this week with a fellow sifter suicide king um, and he reached out to me and said that he wanted to buy 10 shirts for sifters for the holidays. Um, And that includes everything. The shirt and the shipping and everything. Now the caveat here is that there's a couple caveats. The first caveat is that unfortunately it's US only. And I hate to do that, but unfortunately the shipping to Europe is so expensive and I'm sure you guys have seen that have been buying shirts uh, that live in Europe. And again, thank you so much for that. But I'm sure you've seen the shipping is outrageous. So He's willing to pay for the shipping to US sifters. Now here's the other caveat. We're trying to help people who are in financial need. So if you've lost your job, you're not making ends meet, you want a shirt, send me a DM on sifted. Uh, Just go into the messages in the dashboard, just go at Shane and send me a message telling me your situation. um, And we're going to pick the people who get the shirts from the people who need them the most. So, 10 shirts, um, DM me on the site at Shane and, uh, just tell me what's going on with your situation. Give me your shirt size and, uh, you're going to get a free shirt courtesy of Sifter Suicide King, who also deserves a lot of thanks for this year. He's really supported us uh, through thick and thin. So anyway, now it's time for us to wrap up all the fantasy madness that we've been doing on Sifted throughout the year. Uh, we're going to kick things off with the fantasy challenge. Um, so the fancy Challenge, we had like almost 200 people enter it this year. Last year, I think we had like 60 or something. So we like quadrupled uh, the number of people who participated. And this was the official sort of website-driven challenge where you went in and we had an interface. You could pick your games. Um, and that has all wrapped up. And we have finally determined the winner. And the winner was crowned by two one-hundredths of a point. <laughs> And I'll be honest with you, like I waited until yesterday to determine the winner because as reviews kept trickling in for games, like some games that were even released like months ago, like people are still reviewing them. And those reviews get added to Metacritic. It may tweak the score a little bit. Those were still changing. And so I just called it yesterday uh, when I started putting together the graphics and everything for this. I was just like, okay, that's it. And at the cutoff, the winner is Polak. Polak. Beat Veneraba by two one hundredths of a point. <laughs> I mean, literally, it was changing like going back and forth like the last four days. It was that close. Uh, But we had to call it eventually, and Polak is the winner. Polak also is a sifter, and if you guys remember, if you were a sifter and you won, you're going to get two free games, and if you were not a sifter, you're going to get one free game. Well, Polak is a sifter. He is a patron, so he will be getting two free games from us. Congratulations, um amazing how it all worked out i will say this you know everybody who finished at the top of the chart were people who had all their games and i do want to toss out an honorable mention to matt kyle matt you finished in fifth place not bad (laughs) Not bad at all. That's great, man. That's, that's what I can get when you're not competing with me. <laughs> well, I did compete. I did enter.
1: But yeah, but, you don't, but I can pick the same games as you. Right, I
0: mean. right, right. And um, so I did compete, and I ended up 25th, but I was the top scorer of anybody who did not have all 10 games. And I had Halo Infinite as mm. my very last pick. <laughs> And i just like slid it in there at the last second and it ended up burning me but whatever i d- I didn't even want to win this or even really compete yeah. I just, just wanted just as a tip, to have fun just
1: as a tip for next year uh i'm not going to
0: pick halo infinite <laughs>
1: so you can just you can put that way
0: low in your in your draft picks if you want i'm just gonna give you a, a heads up there i think that game will probably be safe in our fantasy draft uh, and again just so you guys know matt and i will be doing our fantasy draft early next year it will be one of the first. Uh, streams that we do in 2021 so anyway uh congratulations to Polak. it was really freaking close thanks to everybody who played um there are a lot of people that are right up against it i should also mention too that bonio who won the challenge last year ended up in third and just like again fractions away from winning so i think i would have to say at this point if we're determining like the king of the sifted fantasy challenge it's got to be bonio i mean (laughs) He's, he's got it. So it'll be up to us to keep him out of the winner's circle next year. Uh, we will be doing this again next year. I had a lot of fun with this. One thing I would say is I wish we had a way to make it more obvious for you guys to go back and keep checking. Because I was doing it like I knew how to get to it. I would just go to the article and there was a link to the results there. Uh, but I think a lot of you guys just had no idea what was going on. So for next year, we're going to try to get it to a place where you guys can check it more often uh, and kind of see how you're doing. But once again, congrats to Pollock, um, You are the winner. Uh, next up, it's time for M- Matt and I's Real Fantasy League that we draft every year. This is the – was this the fifth year or the sixth year, Matt? I can't remember. Um, sixth year, I think. Uh, Well, wait,
1: wait. One when... – one, two, three, four, five. This is the sixth year, but the fifth year I've done it because the first year was Marcus. It was Marcus. Yep.
0: Okay. So um, Matt had a bit of a tough year. Usually, I end up losing because of the re- for the reason that Matt mm-hmm. lost this year, and that's because Matt just did not end up with a full. Ten games on his roster. It was a right. bad year for that. <laughs> it was. I mean, it absolutely was. Um, it was. I barely did. I had no leftovers. Like I, because I had Breath of the Wild two as my second alternate. So I ended up having to use my alternate, and I had no left. So if another game had been delayed out of the year, I'd have been screwed too. But it is time to reveal that I won. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the total score ended up being 780 to 693. Again, I had an extra game and the way that we settle this is the total points. It's not the average, um, but the average is a good way to kind of see who did better like with each pick. Uh, And I actually won the average this year too, by one point. So I think this might be my best year of this ever, Matt. (laughs) Hmm? I think you're what is three to two you. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you're still up. By a season on me. So um, it was fun to track this all year. Anything that kind of sticks out to you, Matt, I don't even know if you can really see it. Yeah, I can um, see it.
1: Um, never. I mean, I think both of us only really had one bad pick in the end yep. Avengers yep. and Watchdogs. Yep. Um,
0: <laughs> like picks that you would totally regret.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything, I mean, everything else, like over 80. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no there's no bad calls there, just just things that slipped out of. Uh, and I think Dying Light 2 is still a good pick. Uh, yeah, if for it sure. Had, if it had existed. Yeah. It um, would have done well, I believe. It's Based It's upon what I've seen, anyway. But yeah, we, yeah, like, I mean, we, we just, don't
0: know about that now after what's happened. No, it's just. I,
1: for once, I was the one who was too optimistic.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that does rarely happen.
1: And, um, and your, you had, your dropout
0: that, is something that we could have never predicted. so Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you, man, you, did, yeah, you had more games over 90 than I did. I mean, Crusader mm-hmm. Kings 3, Microsoft Flight Simulator, you got 90s late in your draft. That's mm-hmm. very rare, and that's impressive. Uh, just a couple things didn't work out for you. You probably would have beat me again. So <laughs> um, it was a good time, and we'll do it next year. Like I said, one of the very first streams that we'll do in the new year will be the new Sifted Video Fate Game Fantasy League draft.
1: So look forward to I cannot to that. believe Sports Story did not come out.
0: yeah. Nintendo teased that like a year and a half ago. I know. Yep. Um, So so anyway, one final update now, and this isn't going to be quite as long, is the Sifted Fantasy Football League that we've been doing on ESPN. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I totally ruined the league, and I did. I completely ruined our Fantasy Football League, and I apologize again. Uh, What happened, I'll be honest with you, was I just really didn't even think the season was going to happen. And if the NFL had actually followed... The protocols that it laid out before the season started, it wouldn't have finished. They've changed and bent the rules as the season has gone on to make sure the season will finish. So I'll be honest, I was a little checked out. Like once I got it set up, I didn't go back and double check the schedule like I usually do. And it ended up ruining the season. Um, I ended up being the fourth highest scorer in the league, despite losing Christian McCaffrey, who's the number one player in fantasy football, and Chris Carson, my second pick for pretty much McCaffrey the whole season, Carson's played like half the games. I still finished fourth overall in scoring. And I was eliminated from the playoffs like four weeks ago. And that's because everybody, we were supposed to be playing each other in our division. And that keeps one team from getting too many wins. Because you're playing each other, somebody has to lose. We were playing across conferences like all season. So three teams in my conference went to seven wins like that. And there was no catching them. So my season was over like weeks and weeks ago. Um, but everybody else is still playing. We had the first round of the playoffs this week. Uh, Mitch, as you guys all know, um, he played Suicide King. And unfortunately, it sucks that he lost because Mitch did win because Suicide King's doing something great for you guys. But Mitch did win um, and he is playing against COVID-19 delay to win that conference. And then in the the other conference, the one that I was in, uh, Pervesti beat Matt Kyle Rocks, who was our returning champ. So he won't go back to back, unfortunately, but congratulations. Uh, He also passed the trophy along or got the trophy, which had been like missing for like two years, I think. And it finally just was recovered and he got it, which is great. Um, So anyway, in in that one, it'll be uh, Peter Vesti playing against fantasy football team. Uh, So Uh, Washington inspired. Yep. Yep. (laughs) It's it's a good name. Um, And then the winners of those two games will play for the championship, all the beans. So good luck to everybody who's still left. Um, I'm sorry, I screwed it up. I've never done anything like this. I've been playing fantasy football since 1995, and I've never made a mistake like this. And the crazy part is I think it actually ended up burning me worse than anybody else. And the people who are in the playoffs don't care, but the people who didn't make the playoffs, I probably screwed you too, and I'm really, really sorry about it. So I'll be on point next year. I think when we go to do the draft, I'll assume the season's actually going to happen, and I'll be a little bit more on it. So anyway, there you go. You should also note that uh, Tiny2K just gave out 50 subs. What?! What? Actually, let me go back here before we get into like the first real topic of the show and thank people. Uh, Swanland, thank you for Twitch Prime. Commander Fett, thank you for Twitch Prime. Andy T. Monahan, thank you for Twitch Prime. Not Cirque, thank you for Twitch Prime. Three Hugo, thank you for Twitch Prime. Ozzy Brit 2000, thank you. Thank you, everybody. This is awesome. Jam rain making it rain in here. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you guys. Uh, this is our last stream. So if you want to help us out, uh, this is definitely the time to do it. I've, again, I've had people reaching out to us about just giving us donations. Sifted.net forward slash donate. Uh, there was an issue with that interface over the last couple of days. It has just been fixed. It is all good to go. We've been working on it all morning and it is good to go. We just ran like three sales through it to test it. It's all good. So Sifted.net slash donate. If you just want to kick us some cash or if you just want to like buy us a beer or a coffee or whatever uh, as a way of thanks, particularly if you're someone who just watches a stream uh, and you're not a patron or whatever, or you're watching on YouTube. Uh, sifted.net/donate, and we don't lose like a huge cut from Patreon if you use that interface. We appreciate every dollar. If you just want to donate a dollar, that's awesome. Thank you very much. Um, so anyway, let's get on with the show proper. We're going to kick things off as you might might expect with the Game Awards 2020. Um, first, I'm just going to say, Matt. Um, So basically how we're going to structure this, we'll talk about the show in general, and then we'll go through all the reveals. Uh, And I'll just say this. I did not get to watch the show live. I was neck deep in cutting Game Face 240, which literally took forever. It was like three and a half hours long. You know, Matt, we talked about Cyberpunk 2077 for an hour and a half. Wow.
1: I know. I mean, we waited for eight years. I know, I know.
0: (laughs) I'll say this. I would like to see a more in-depth discussion of that game online because we've really dug into it and we're going to actually dig into it again here at the end of 241 as our final thoughts um but anyway because of that i could not watch the game awards live and so i was they were on kind of in the background i could hear them and when i would hear like a big premiere i would go watch it but then i go back to like working on game face um so i had to watch the show after the fact after i knew what the reveals were and it was Torture. (laughs) Now, I'll say this, Jeff did absolutely the best that he could have done. Like the green screen stuff that they did and the graphics that they had looked great. Like you, if you don't work in production, you probably wouldn't even have known that that was what they were doing. That's how good it looked. Um, so kudos to him, and like he even had musical performances still, um, even though you know everyone's quarantined and socially distancing. He had um, musical acts that, right
1: there. That's my favorite moment of the night when No Man's Sky won, and Sean Murray was totally so not ready for it. He was in the middle of drinking, yeah. <laughs> like, and then he had to give like a drunk impromptu speech, like acceptance speech. Like, yeah. oh, like I everyone thought that was going to Fortnite. I thought that was going to Fortnite. Best on he's the
0: same when Fortnite is going to win every, that category every year. Yeah, but. Yeah. But I,
1: look, I think No Man's Sky should have. Like, I'm people people are just sick
0: of giving Fortnite stuff. That too,
1: but like, <laughs> but there has been no, no, nothing compares to No Man's Sky's support, and so like, that was my favorite moment of the night, right there. We just saw there where he, where he's like, we're like, <laughs> uh, Yep, I need uh, me one, <laughs> and then like, people called him out on that on Twitter, and he's like, yep. <laughs> yep, I was drunk. I definitely <laughs> dr- did not expect to have to talk to anybody that night.
0: Yeah, so there were kind of, there were some moments like that, but like all yeah. the acceptances were through Zoom and sometimes the odd, I mean, for the most part, the production yeah, that, was
1: good. The, but the, the audio- upside of that was that like he, I think he got a lot of people that normally would not have made the trip to the physical awards. So like it was kind of more celebrity studded than normal because all they had to do was get on Zoom, you know? Well, Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: all I need to know. Gal Gadot. <laughs> I've heard people pronounce her name like so many different ways. I've heard her pronounce her name as Gal Gadot. Gadot is that yeah, how tea, she says the it? The T is not silent. The
1: okay. T the is there. Anything she's in, I'm good. <laughs> but well, we got we got Wonder Woman
0: coming up I know, Christmas. I know. I know. Early, early reviews are really good. But you're right, Matt. Like the the celebrity level was higher this yeah. year. Um, I mean, just her alone, probably the oh, biggest yeah. celebrity that's ever been on the show. Would you agree with that? Um,
1: of the the Game Awards, yes, probably not if you include like the Spike era. But, yeah, the VGAs
0: uh, were just overrun yeah. with celebrities. I mean, it's just literally all the A-listers, would which I mean, go. she's up there. Christopher Nolan's up there. Yep.
1: Um, they had a lot. Um. Yep. So yeah, no 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 complaints on the on the, the talent quality of uh, of the presenters. That was uh, definitely the best he's ever done on that.
0: But even with Gal Gadot, um, they did this weird thing with her. Like at first, she was just on Zoom and she looked great. Um, but then, like when she was reading the nominees, they cut to this green screen shot of her in the bottom, like all like mm-hmm. kind of washed out. You couldn't even see. You got her, man. Like you just, she's full frame the whole time, man. You don't take her off full sort frame. Of, like, I mean,
1: they, they want to show the nominees, but like, I understand. I think that's but the you find some had.
0: other kind of graphical way to do that with her, so you can see her. St- anyway, um, but you're right. Like it was as far as stars are concerned, and especially considering how they had to produce the thing, top notch. Um. We'll we'll get to the debuts and kind of talk about that stuff. But, you know, I think this show really suffered from the lack of a live element. Um now, I do you know, you do realize like the conversations he's having with them as they accept are technically like live. They're recorded while they're actually having that conversation for the first time. But you're not getting like the audience reactions. You're not getting uh, the people. how they just how people walk down the aisle after they win tells a story. Um And then once they get up there, how they act and how they are with their teams and all of that stuff, I missed all of it. Um, you miss like kind of the things that just happen off the cuff. Like I'm not a big fan of the Joseph Forrest Oscars profanity rant, um, but that stuff happens during live shows and it generally doesn't happen during stuff like this. So I think Jeff did a great job with what he had Um, But still, to me... I mean, it's not like he
1: chose not to have
0: those things. Yeah, Yeah, I know. Um, It's not his fault at all. In fact, fact, it's to his credit how good the show actually was. But I honestly, to me, it was the worst of the Game Awards, and I found it really boring. I mean, my actual question for him is the shoes. Uh, I don't don't know what was going on. Well, that's the thing now, Matt. People wearing suits with, like, goofy shoes. Yeah, but... (laughs) <laughs> Those shoes. I, know. I don't know. I've, what did you think of the show in general, Matt? Again, as someone who comes from production, I really respect your opinion on stuff. Like I mean,
1: I, th- I thought I, I agree with you that it was it was the best it could be, uh, given the given the circumstances. Um, it definitely took into account the lessons learned of doing virtual award shows for other award shows over the course of, of the year. Um, uh, you could tell that that uh, you know he was keeping an eye very closely on how other people were doing it, taking the the stuff that worked and coming up with other ideas for things that didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, people, you know, I know the Oscars say they're going to be in person in April. Uh, give good luck. No way. Um, I would de- okay. if I were planning an award show, I would definitely want to look at this one for yeah. guidance. Oh, you're on right, though. That's a good point, Matt.
0: He really did kind of blaze a trail because yeah. all these other award shows have canceled. They haven't done mm-hmm. them. Well, that yeah. there, that's that that deserves applause. That's a yeah, big deal for sure. That's a and, deal. Uh, I didn't even realize and, that. You make a yeah. really good point.
1: Like, that's what I thought of most of the time. I mean, I mean, you're right. Like, I wasn't interested in the stuff between the reveals for the most part. Um, I also still have the same criticism I had last year. If you want me to take this seriously as an award show, you can't just stand there and list off four awards in a row with nothing and call it a day. Like, you can't just say, best RPG is this. Best is this. Yeah. best is this. Best is this. Okay, let's get back to the trailers. So it's like, well, okay, well, you know, I know this is a marketing stunt. Disguised as an award show. But if yeah, you somebody
0: want- on Sifted called it that, a three hour like advertisement parade. Yeah, that's parading what it is. is that's a, literally what it is. Yeah. And it's not, and it is because all those things are paid. Yeah. And like, and like I know like, why Jeff had to do it because this is what he does. He could, you can't afford to go a year without doing it. Right, that's your thing. But so. I'm
1: saying, like, if you're already going to be three hours, just do the every award. Yeah. Just get, make it four. Who there cares? There was a lot of
0: filler boy. in this show. Um, mm-hmm. Just, he had, I mean, I do think I that know you like, the, why.
1: the musical stuff was kind of stop things dead most of the time. Uh, I do at least some, like, I, okay, Eddie Vedder playing, uh, you know, if I if I ever were to lose you is at least tied to the game, but I actually like Joel's version in the game oh, better. Oh, it's
0: awful, dude. Um, and, and then like, go- I love Pearl Jam. I used to have Pearl Jam mm-hmm. t-shirts in the 90s and all that. But I thought that performance was awful. Yeah, I mean, if, if look. If, about if like, he'd been
1: if he'd been up there on stage doing it, like you in real life and you know in in person, that would have been different. I think. I think part of it was just like the setup you had to use for. Oh,
0: it is. Times. Like I just watched a, a an interview last night with uh, Peter Hook. He is the bass player for Joy Division and New Order, and he has been trying to make stuff happen online. He said it's just been a miserable failure. Like mm-hmm. they'll try to charge, they'll do like a live show and try to charge like five bucks. And he said they would get like a hundred people. So mm. is live music does not work through a webcam. It just doesn't. It, you don't, the big part of it, again, with the show in general, it's the experience of being there and having the cameras, showing people there with other people and seeing the 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 dynamics of the people's, Attitudes and bouncing off of each other. That's a big part of it. This is just not an option this year. Yeah. And the show was too long. Three hours is too long.
1: And like, like you didn't need two like
0: hours max, like it really like I appreciate like, you have I
1: the, the I appreciate you have the London Symphony Orchestra or whatever, but like Phil you know, Philharmonic, like, oh, yeah. and then they're like, hey, Here we go with some with some music. And it's like, Really? Like, oh, a, an orchestra playing Mario's theme, never heard that one before. Like, it's like you got to have a reason to do everything yeah. in a show this long, and I feel like the musical stuff was not justified very well.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. And um, that I mean, it, Eddie Vedder thing just literally ground the show to a
1: halt. Yeah, I, I mean, at like, least it's not like. Just random bands, like you know, back when it was just like, okay, Imagine Dragons is here because Jeff wants to meet Imagine Dragons at the after party. <laughs> that was pretty much what I think would happen there. Um, yeah, but like you know, and like this, at least, you know, Eddie Vedder's song is in The Last of Us too. Like yeah. you know, so like yeah. it makes it. sense. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, you know, in a real world scenario, I would have preferred if you got uh, you know, Troy Baker and uh, and Laura Bailey to come up and play it. Yep. Um, was that Laura Bailey? Laura Bailey was was Abby. Ashley yeah. Ashley Johnson is Ellie. Yep. That's um, right. uh, get Troy and Ashley to pl- come up in there and play it together. Like that would be great. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Um, that's and a I bet idea. they would have. <laughs> <You know, I'm, laughs> they I'm probably sure would have.
0: That's a better idea. Troy Baker will play anything you ask him to. But <laughs> you also is. have to realize, and this was something that plagued the Spike VGAs and why a lot of people didn't like it: is the drive to get celebrities involved. Because, right. and it's funny that Jeff is kind of transitioning back to that because he was a part of the VGAs all along and he and I were the ones who would go into the meetings and be like, it's not about the celebrities, it's about the games. And until you guys refuse to get that, this award show is never gonna explode. And every year it was just, here's all the same people that we have at the Guys Choice Awards and the Scream Awards and all the other award shows that Spike did. Uh, they just send it out to that same list and that same group of people showed up. And hey, they did get like straight up A listers every year, but gamers don't give a crap.
1: So yeah. Well also like mainline people don't like because I had some friends who are much more casual watch it this year for once for the first time because mm-hmm. they had nothing else to do. Yeah. You know, like They were all running out of situation. stuff to
0: do at this point. <laughs> and
1: I'll tell you, and I don't mean any disrespect to Jeff on this, but one of the top questions I got from my casual friends was who is this guy and why yeah, is he hosting? Like, there so may they be think a, a
0: celebrity should host an award. Not that show. a celebrity,
1: but they can tell he's not really a professional host. You know, like I he does. I think he does a good job though. He does a good job for kind of our industry, but I think there's a ceiling
0: to that. If you want, yeah, to yeah, I mean, he's not going to ad lib jokes and stuff. Right. You're right. I mean, if you look at other award shows and you get like, you know, some great comedian to come on and host right. it, they're going to be funny. They're going to make up jokes on the fly. They're going to go off script. They're yeah, going to they're going to they're going to make it sparkle a little bit. And yeah. like,
1: you know, like the you could have gotten a lot more mileage with a host like that out of the Swedish chef's sequence that's true um, it's that's just, a good point you know- yeah, he's, he, you know Jeff's not an actor. Like that's that's yeah. all to it. He's not a comedian. Like it's not a criticism. He's good, of him. very just, good
0: at what he does. And yeah. you see it
1: in the show. What but. he does is he puts stuff like this show together. Yeah, like that's his main yep. skill. And that's what he, skill at. That he Does like that's yep. that's his thing. He's best at. Yeah. Um. You know whatever whatever you think of him up there hosting, like you can't take that away from him because he, he's up there because he made all this. I do but wonder though if I were in charge of this in his position, I would start looking at someone who could be a, more of a personality to be the face of this. This thing
0: because Spike, look, we Spike did that, they would and they would like at first, they just didn't care. They're like, any big celebrity we can get to right. most of EJs will do it, but after now, a while, that, I don't agree with. <clears throat> like, right. that, but after a know. while, they did start listening to Jeff and I, and they started trying to find celebrities that at least made a little more sense, like Jack Black. Um, but that stuff doesn't move the needle either because the casuals just are not going to watch right. a video game award show.
1: They're just also Jack Black is also not a host. I know. He's right. an actor. He yeah, was a... funny and outrageous. He was, there was funny, a... but there, there's, there's it's a... and I mean, look, there's a reason the Oscars have struggled since Johnny Carson retired to find yeah. someone to host that show because it's a very difficult job. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, no one has pulled that off and actually the Oscars at this point, are probably not gonna have a host anymore.
0: Like yeah, last year's no host great version one. worked. Great. It was great. <laughs> it was really good. And maybe Jeff will start looking at that stuff. I'm sure another part of it may maybe but look it. Jeff maybe not making much money this
1: year. And Yeah and I think Jeff hosting uh is better in a lot of, a lot of ways than the way the Oscars have floundered in previous years because at least Jeff's consistent. I'll you say know, this like, Matt, I would rather have Jeff
0: than just some pretty
1: girl. Right. Like or like some you know like Joel McHale being snide the whole time or yeah. something like that's you know Jeff is better than that like it, it, the you, person has to respect
0: the medium yeah that's baseline
1: that's where you and I start. think I think you're going to be able to start finding celebrities or yeah. or host people who can do that like I bet Trevor Noah would handle that yeah. fine well you got to realize um, some of these celebs are you know they yeah. grew up with games and now they're 25 like or whatever yeah, or like Henry Cavill. Would be would if you could you could afford him would be you know he's the man has played you know whatever uh, however hundreds of hours of uh, Witcher three or whatever Um, I mean we tried Vin Diesel last year Vin Diesel's legit like did you see why he's in that arc thing No we'll talk about it when we get to it though There's there's Um, a reason for that and it's actually pretty cool even if that trailer was not
0: (laughs) Um, So anyway that's kind of our rough take on the game awards kudos to Jeff for pulling it off Mm -hmm. nobody else did. No, all these award shows have been canceled. Jeff Keeley had his award show. That's yeah. impressive. Well, and
1: even the ones that weren't canceled, I don't think came off as well as this one did. You know, I've no. seen several virtual award show this year, shows this year, and uh, I think this one did. You know, but this one and what was the other? The good medium one? lends itself to it too. Yeah. Well, the, it was. It wasn't a, an award show, but the other one I thought was good was. Um, uh, what was the, there was another good like virtual presentation this year. I think maybe it was the DC showcase they did with like virtual set and stuff. I think they might have taken some. Oh, no, I saw that. that. That was kind of goofy. It was goofy, but I, was there some around that time? Maybe it was around the same time. There was, now, I guess it didn't stand out that well because I don't remember what it was. So very <laughs> good. But um, <laughs> I think of the, we are stuck in a pandemic and we're going to have to do a virtual event thing. I think this is the best one I've seen this year.
0: Um, Erebus Jones, thank you for Twitch Prime, man. Emperor Dread, thank you for Twitch Prime. Majora Tom, 91, thank you for Twitch Prime. They just keep rolling in. This is awesome. Tiny2K, thank you for Twitch Prime. Awesome. Oh my gosh, Tiny2K just giving away these. This is awesome, you guys. Secret of Man, thank you. And I realize we haven't been live for a couple weeks, so uh, you guys were all <laughs> loaded and ready for bear because none of you guys had subscribed. Uh, the Surly Mexican, thank you. Just incredible! Thank you, guys. Um, all right, let's get to the debuts, because let's be honest, Matt, that's why everybody watches the Game Awards. Yeah. Like, the other stuff is nice. Like, sure, I want to see a musical performance for a game that I really liked. And I want to see the people who made the games that I really liked. But why I really tune in is to see the world premieres and the debuts.
1: Um, to see what dumb choices they made for the winners of things.
0: <laughs> and that yeah, that's tangential. Like, I can... Yeah. I can get a list of that later on for most of the awards and, and survive. Um, but the real I, mean, I don't disagree
1: I, with most of most of the winners on this one, actually. And periodically, it's, it's nice to be reminded how old I am when they give awards out to people I've never heard of, for
0: the influencers <laughs> or content creators, whatever that means. Well, we'll get um, to our Game of the Year awards. But one thing I will say before we do it is that this was one of the easier years to pick winners yeah it was um i didn't have to toil over my picks a lot this year like there's i mean there were a
1: couple in there where i'm like best rpg look i don't think final fantasy 7 should have should won it but like you look at that category and i'm like i don't see i i don't really have an alternate for you and like when you look at the five nominees on the game awards rpg category i'm like i that's about it <laughs> for this year isn't it like that's yeah. it, in terms of stuff that wasn't completely bonkers like Yep. Um it was, it, you know there were some dry categories this year. If you're a fighting game fan, you were doing nothing well, this yeah. year except I mean, maybe playing Mortal Kombat Aftermath.
0: Spoiler, we eliminated fighting games from our game of the year this
1: year. <laughs> yeah, it was it was hard. It was yep. a, There were so a lot was, of games with good support. Like Tekken and Soul Calibur and Mortal Kombat all got great support, but nothing new came out.
0: Yep. All right, let's get to the debuts because there are a lot. And also I have cut a bunch. So there was a lot. Um yeah. I think I have like fifteen here that I actually thought were worth discussing, which is pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, no shortage
1: top, of, of new stuff and review. Yeah, like it delivered on that. Like it was yeah. the majority of the three hours was stuff you'd never seen before.
0: Yeah. Uh, Even like the commercials were exclusives for like indie yeah, stuff. Yeah, like there weren't there were no commercials for fusion razors here. Yeah. There's <laughs> no yeah, it's like yeah, it was commercial it's all branding. stuff I was it's interested. It's all paid in. or whatever. I mean, oh, yeah. the show's
1: paid, but but I don't as long care. as you, as long <laughs> as the stuff that's paid is like stuff I care about, that I want to like, see, that's fine. Yeah. Works for me.
0: Yep. So first off, we're gonna talk about. I'm calling it Mass Effect Four. We don't know mm-hmm. whether it's gonna be called Mass Effect Four uh, right now. It's just called New Mass Effect by EA. Uh, they showed the first trailer for the New Mass Effect. Matt, I was yeah. pretty shocked by this. Were you? Um, I mean, I knew what it was as soon as it started,
1: but I didn't expect them to mention it really. No No way. I never dreamed
0: that they would. I
1: I like that this entire trailer's entire, like, focus is like, we are back in the Milky Way galaxy, everyone. (laughs) Just relax. Milky Way! Although I will say the thing at the end is that Mass Effect will continue reads to me a little bit like a threat.
0: Well, I think that they hint (laughs) that, they also kind of hint that I think it's going to take place in the Milky Way and Andromeda.
1: There's like a little I subtlety,
0: I thought, in there that kind of nudged me that direction. I but anyway, so. most importantly, it it appears to be mostly set in the Milky Way, the setting for the first three games. It also appears to, at least the trailer, pick up right at the end of Mass Effect 3. And that is why we've labeled it for the time being on the site as Mass Effect 4, um, but they could give it a subtitle. Mm. Or It, it also
1: seems to the canonize episode. the destroy ending. Yep. Um, which it previously does. synthesis was supposed to be the canon ending, but yep. destroy is a the one that destroys all the relays, and B is the one that shows that Shepard may not be dead. Yep. Um, and
0: surprise, surprise, they they pick the one where the yeah. star may still be alive.
1: <laughs> and here's here's what looks like Liara. Maybe that's looking smart, for I think. Him. I mean, I would. I think. Yeah. Bring way. the characters we care about back. Like that. Look. I've said it over and over again. Mass Effect is the story of Shepard. Yeah. And like, if you're not going to tell you, a story really. about, really, Shep- I mean, it's yeah. You. <laughs> if you're not going to tell a story about that character, what are you even doing? Yeah. Um, now look, I don't, again, I you've heard it many times. If you watch this show, I think Mass Effect should should have stopped after three. Like, you don't need to make everything into an endless franchise. But if you are going to force a continuation, you might as well go with what's been working and not try to start over and throw out half the world you've built by not having all those alien races around like in Andromeda. I mean, so- it's better than Andromeda too, right? Yeah, for sure. And I'm I I look forward to playing this in 2023 or yeah, whatever it is. That was know, what like, I was
0: going to finish to finish it with was like and really the bittersweet part of it is, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that they showed the new Mass Effect, but in re, in actuality, like Yeah, this we're is a long way out and like
1: so long like we will probably not hear anything more about this game until the next game awards. Like if we're I mean, if we're honest, if, that's what happened with Dragon Age.
0: If, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um next up Not really a surprise at all if you've been watching Game Face all year. I think I've said that this was coming three times in the show. Perfect dark for PC and Xbox Series platforms. Um, We kind of discussed this a couple months ago, I think, Matt, when the rumors Mm -hmm. were kind of making the rounds. Yeah, and and certainly
1: in the run-up to the Xbox Series X reveal presentation, I
0: think you thought this might be in the mix. Yep. But instead, we get it like a month later. So. Yeah.
1: The initiative working on Perfect Dark has been like one of the the worst. It's kept been one of those things that it's really.
0: also been one of those things that people in the industry have been talking about for a yeah. while. Like just being kind of around people in the industry, you hear some stuff, but not really that much. People are really good yeah. about. And they, I mean, their yeah, but this has
1: been like there's been smoke here for this fire for a long time. Yeah. Like they've been working on this for a while. I think. Yep. And um, here's
0: one thing I would say: Is that it, doesn't mean
1: it's coming soon. but... Yeah.
0: Here's one thing I would say that I think already it's getting right that like Perfect Dark Zero totally botched is that Joanna is a spy. Um, to me, Perfect Dark Zero is just like another flashy launch shooter. Yeah. Um, it wasn't really Perfect Dark to me. This game looks like it's actually looking at first Perfect Dark and saying, okay what really was special about this game? And they're kind of diving into that part of it and then extrapolating it out into this game. Um, no in-engine footage, really. It's really just a teaser trailer. And I don't think we're going to get this game either, probably until 2021, Q4, 2021, is my guess, from what I've been hearing. Yeah,
1: and the, uh, I mean, Perfect Arc Zero it felt more like, uh, felt more like they they went to Rare and like, oh,
0: can you just make it like Halo? yeah. So it was also like a rare scab team. It wasn't really the Perfect Dark team that worked on it. So, yeah.
1: I mean, look, I don't have any real affection for Perfect Dark as a franchise. Like, I don't, I, I never, I didn't like the original game very much. Well, remember, I, Matt, we talked about
0: this. We did in that conversation, and when we published that episode on YouTube, we got heat. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, dang, I can't believe there are this many people our age who even played Perfect Dark that could be that angry about it. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: <laughs> people love their
1: Nintendo. I guess. But, uh, yeah. That just didn't that that game ran like crap, and it just could, I could not get into it the way even I did with the expansion nine. pack. Yeah, <laughs> it still ran awful. Uh, I mean, to, and credit to credit to Nintendo and their people. Uh, you know, the tail end of the N sixty four, they were pushing that system beyond its limits. Yeah. so you
0: know they went too far though.
1: Yeah, that made was, their games perfect dark. Yeah, and didn't didn't quite get there, but. uh I'm up for a reinvention whenever they manage to get it to us. We'll see. I mean, I'll be
0: honest. I'm open to this. I'm not that excited for it. Yeah, Um, same. I've never been a fan of Joanna Dark as a character. Like she just hasn't, that's the thing. She doesn't have any character. She's been very dry and kind of acerbic. Um, she's like
1: um, she's like if you ordered Black Widow from Wish. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, I guess, I mean, this is kind of the same thing, I guess. But all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, it's a bit big. I mean, let's be honest. Like, we're seeing all this stuff coming for Xbox platforms. That is a huge paradigm shift from what we've been dealing with for the last, like, eight years. So I'm not going to be down on it. I'm just saying in the pantheon of stuff I've seen in the last couple months – as far as getting excited for it, Perfect Dark is not at the top of the list.
1: No, you're not going to move the uh, console war needle with this one. No,
0: think. it's this is something that you release to keep your fans happy. Not every exclusive has to be to bring new people in. You just mm-hmm. need to keep the people who have your console happy and playing your console at times. Or time. just content at this yeah. point. You know, yeah. anything. Yep. Um, next up, another four, at least we're calling it four, although I think they may have solidified this title, <coughs> Dragon Age. Uh, we've been calling it four because it is the fourth Dragon Age, but it appears that they may just be calling it Dragon Age. Um, um, that's be- certainly what the what the title. logo
1: says. It's, it's they kind of debuted a new font logo for it. I yeah. don't know. I, it would be weird to just call it Dragon Age, but it might be kind of the move they're thinking, where it's like you can't really have depended on you know the mass audience to have played the last three of these things. Um, and only one of the three dragon ages has a number on it, you know, right? The other, yeah. the other, and none of them were called dragon age, like you dragon right. age origins, dragon age two dragon age inquisition. Um, and it's not really a particularly linear story. It's not like mass effect where it's the same character through the whole story. You play a different person in every one. So if you want to kind of start over, that's fine. I like the look of it. There's like this weird sort of like mystical cyberpunk thing that I got in that city is really cool. Like this is supposedly all
0: in engine, um, well, so at the so. beginning of the trailer, it says not in engine, but then like what they show at the beginning is like this CG art stuff. And then yeah, like, like the trailer to- from last year. Yeah, I mean, I do think what they're showing is in engine, though. Yeah. Eventually, when they the get... characters they're showing, I think, yeah. are in engine. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's some stuff that you're you're seeing there that is actually going to be in the game, but otherwise, it was like this really rough story synopsis. Mm-hmm. That la- I mean, you're seeing it now. The last. I mean, they're basically, segment. they're <laughs> confirming
1: that you know, because in uh, in two and in Inquisition, you played a special person. You right. played the uh, you played the, the 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 hero of of whatever wall, where the name of that city was. Bright Wall or whatever, and um, the and then in Inquisition, you play the Inquisitor. Uh, so this seems to be confirming that the character you play is not special, like in Origins, who was just kind of a gray warden who happened to be in the center of all this stuff. Um, but the special person is the, the villain, as in the first game, the special person was the, you know, whatever the... The, the the dragon guy, you know, the, the bad, there was a name for him, but I don't care about that game. So I don't remember what they called him, but like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so in this, so the, so the dread wolf is the big bad in this big bad wolf. And um, so presumably he's the special one in this and you're fighting against him or, he, or her, who knows? Um, I mean, otherwise we got, we have almost no more information that we had from the last teaser, which was the previous game award. So uh, it feels like we're still pretty far away on this game, especially if they keep losing leads um but uh i mean it's nice to see solace again we should have seen more of this game matt it's a little i mean i we should have seen I, a I've lot been, more of i this mean i i've been saying this game's two three years away anyway but like already but we should have seen straight up gameplay
0: well if it wasn't or at two least or three a years away trailer like an edited gameplay trailer
1: um I, I think i think if this game hit makes it in 2022 we'll be lucky Which is
0: another reason why I'm like Mass Effect 4. Mass Effect way out. God
1: knows when that's coming out. Like Like Mass Effect 4 might get here by the end of the gen. Like
0: we might be playing that alongside Elder Scrolls 6. You may be right. They may come right around the same time, which would be amazing. An amazing way to finish Gen 9, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Next up, Smash Brothers uh, reveal. We knew that Smash Brothers was getting a new character at the Game Awards this didn't leak at all. Nobody really no. had any idea. It was Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. Mm.
1: Although I admit, in this in this trailer, I know you didn't get to see it live, but I yeah. did because I just had to go to the other room. Um, when this the the boss, uh, the Smash Brothers boss here, whose name I don't remember, gets cut in half. Like for a second, I thought you were right, and it was it was Ryu Hayabusa from uh, the *Ninja* <laughs> because it was like swords. I mean, it, it cut and half like with like through, I'm like, like oh, Katana, it's a yeah. sword. Like it's it's, it it's is, Ryu. Adam. <laughs> and it's like no, it's the least interesting character imaginable. <laughs> hey, I think people love it, though. Uh, I think the, most yeah, people the, are the fans love it. it. I just yeah. I I don't know. I can't remember uh, remember a time when my uh, interest has gone from to zero like faster than that, than this reveal. I Not have- that I was gonna play smash brothers i mean i haven't played smash
0: since no that's not true i played it at launch a good bit and then i had to play it again like a year later just to capture footage so we had footage in our database and that's it so i'm not a big smash player this does really nothing for me but no it the smash players the dedicated fans love it so to me win um, if the people who really love the game are really into it, to, at this point, that's really all that matters, Matt. Like, we don't matter anymore to the Smash universe until the next game comes out. No, there's, just, there's well, in no
1: world should they cater to me in this yeah. game at all. It's I'm, yep. I'm irrelevant to that. So but I think it was a I smart just, call because it's just a people mix are of flipping like, out over it. It's just a mix of game I don't play anymore plus character I don't care about from game I don't like. So yeah. it's just like uh, <laughs> it's I mean triple whammy. Yeah, but you can't argue with that music. Music's yep. great. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks good. Like it seems like they handled it. Yeah, pretty it looks. Well. Yeah, I'm always impressed by, like, see. I'm always, I always like, even if I don't play it, I always like to see um, how like the the, effort and the animation stuff they put into. Was yeah, insane. That, just like the 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 creative work that goes into making these characters. Work look like, that. and look like how often you get to see uh, <laughs> Mario almost
0: impaled on a sword? I mean, yeah. they, they cheated, but oh, that's still yeah that they went fun. around the internet of Mario impaled on the samurai sword. I'm sure, Nintendo isn't too happy about that one. Um, I think next Nintendo up- made it right. Well, I didn't they doctor it, though, to have no, Mario actually being it.
1: stabbed? Or was that in the trailer? It's, it's, the, it's in the trailer. Like, the silhouette is. Oh, wow. Is that, and, then it, I, and then it zooms in, and you see he's got him by the, like, hanging him by his overalls. Oh, I thought but it the, was But doctored. the wide shot, no, the wide shot with the silhouette is, you're supposed to think he's been stabbed. Oh, it's a gag. And you're like, what are they doing? It's a, oh. It's a, it's a
0: joke. Oh, okay. Um, um, was, it was a good trailer. I just don't care about Severoth. So Yep. Uh, next up, Back for Blood, the unofficial spiritual successor to Left for Dead. Uh, it is being created by a pretty big bulk of the Left for Dead team, yeah. uh, so it is pretty much the original squad. Uh, the other thing about this is that they debuted it, showed a trailer, which was really good, and then released a big chunk of gameplay, and it's actually coming out in like a week. That's how you do it <laughs> right there. Um, and it looks really good. I've, for those of you who don't know Left for Dead, and I'm, it's crazy that I have to even give this synopsis, but it, it was like the first kind of cooperative team-based uh, point-to-point shooter. Um, and it's been copied mercilessly over and over. And I, and I think that it was kind of one of the progenitors of what would then become the asymmetrical multiplayer game. I think a lot of people played Left for Dead and looked at that and was like, what if we tweak this and did this mm-hmm. and put one player on the other side or whatever. So, um I think it ended up being a pretty influential game. Um now if they can do something innovative in 2020, I think will be the question. I don't feel like I really saw that in the trailer or the gameplay, but I think for most people Matt just more Left for Dead will probably be good enough. Yeah, that's probably enough. And, like, I
1: and I, I mean, I'm not super interested in this because I don't play a lot of co-op, like, online stuff anymore. But, like, it definitely... Lo- I, you could tell what it was. You could tell the pedigree. You could see that, like, it was, you know, on par with what they've done in the past and and with a lot of, you know, the modern tech. And the funny thing, so the, there's a game that followed this. I can't remember what it was called, but there was a game app that came... The, the game they showed after this, a you know, with an S or something, like, it was... But it was very, a very similar thing. It was like a co-op versus organic monster zombie-ish sort of things, but it was like much lower budget and much, you know, not an in indie necessarily, but like low I'm not on the part. Po- and there was a moment where I was like, okay, so I did kind of feel like, okay, Back for Blood, cool. And then he showed me this right after it. First off, I feel sorry for those guys for having to follow Back for Blood because they're so similar. Yeah. But to me, I was like, oh, yeah, Back for Blood's budget and the, the talent and the and the pedigree behind it really do make the difference. Like the presentation yeah, it makes it. it a difference. It worked
0: well for Back for Blood. Though didn't it to yes. see the dichotomy there to see the, the yeah. same game or a game in the same genre done not as well? Yeah, yeah, it certainly was a, shines a light on it. So I, I might. My, so my opinion Vincent's kind of the like shifted. The game you're talking after about after is that. Scavengers. Scavengers. That's yeah. right. Thanks, yeah. Vincent, for that. Uh, and you're right. It made back for blood look really good, and it made scavengers look really, really bad. Yeah, it was
1: it was kind of not very nice to put scavengers right up against back for blood that way.
0: yeah, but it is so. coming soon, which is cool. Like, you know, at this point, I'm looking at what's going on for the rest of the year. Like there aren't a lot of games coming out. I'm pretty much finished with cyberpunk at this point until they patch it anyway, and I, and I want to dive back into the world. I'm gonna need something to play. It's gonna fit the bill nicely. I'm all in on it. So mm. um it was smart to make sure they were in there the week before their launch. Uh, There wasn't much of that this year in the show in general where, hey, here's this thing that's live now. Um, It seemed like we got a lot more of that last year. Um, But here was one of them, even though it's a week delayed. um, And I think it's gonna be pretty good. So good stuff there. Uh, Next up, It Takes Two and Joseph Forrest. We've talked about Joseph on the show. For those of you who don't know, he was the guy who said F the Oscars on the Game Awards a couple years ago. Um, That shtick has since worn thin However, it, he was pretty good in the show and the, the best part about it to me was Jeff's intro. Did you see how Jeff introduced him? Um I did, I don't remember. He he goes he says something like and you know he's really crazy and he goes and he's actually my friend. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes I'm not kidding. Like <laughs> it's like it suddenly dawned on him that he wasn't just like someone else in the industry anymore. They were actually like bros and it happened live. And he had that like epiphany moment right there. And he's like, and he looks at the camera and goes, I'm not kidding. Like I'm actually friends with Joseph Forrest. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. And that added like kind of an extra kind of tone to the show. Um, and then he showed his game and it looks really cool, Matt. Like yeah. it's like this crazy cooperative shooter is she thing um there's like a husband and wife team that are like made out of wood the art they, style i'm not a huge fan of yeah they've been cur-
1: they've been cursed and turned into like dolls basically.
0: yeah and the whole thing is they're working together to break the curse mm-hmm. um, but the coolest thing really about it is you can play this game cooperatively if you're the only person who has the game so if you buy it and then you want to play with somebody the other person can play it with you even if they don't have it and i thought that was really cool um and he wasn't obnoxious this time. He was just kind of a good dude. So um, I thought the game showed well. I thought he was better than he has been the last couple of years. And I thought it was a lighthearted moment where you kind of got to uh, see a peek inside Jeff's heart for a second. So uh, I thought it was good and I was actually pleasantly surprised by this game. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I it's I
1: was physically repulsed by uh, what the no way out or whatever that was. Yeah.
0: It was the, the, I hated the art style in that game. And yeah, this looks don't really good. I love the art style. It, let when it's pushed back, it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. When you the close ups on the characters, though,
1: I don't know. I actually do like the I like the way she's made, like the way she's kind of made out of yarn. Like I yeah. think there's a really cool texture. The game's That's really creative. Yeah, it has has sort of a uh, sackboy slash um, you know unravelled sort of look yep. to it in places, mm-hmm. um, and like I, I don't know if it's as funny as it thinks it is, like with the book doing all the yeah. all the shtick. Yeah. But uh, I like the premise, and uh, it's an interesting idea. It's also interesting that like there is sort of a a trend of you know miniature things having to fight normal sized things that are gigantic because they're small
0: stuff yeah. with this and Grounded and that kind of thing. Um, Vincent also brings up in the chat that, and I should have mentioned this, you have to play this co-op. It's yeah. just like a way out. You can't play it by yourself at all. hmm which means
1: I will probably not play.
0: <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> and honestly, Matt, I think that's going to exclude a lot of people. Let's just yeah. be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was a smart move, but that's the way he makes his games. Like he wants people to cooperate, and I like that. I like that. That's kind of the aesthetic that he's settled on, and the agenda that he wants to push with his game. So
1: yeah, and it's like important to find a thing you're good at and a thing that you believe in, and a, and a niche that you can be the best in, uh, if you can. And that seems to be what he's doing. Um yeah. and, as and he doesn't he's not like just sitting back and making the same game over and over again. Yep. So uh he does seem to be advancing the ideas behind them uh every time he makes a new one. So like you can't fault that even if I'm not super into the things.
0: Yep. Um he's he seems to be doing it right from what I can see. Yep. So like I said pleasant surprise. It looked better than I thought it was going to. Um next up the Callisto Protocol. Uh this game it's so it's made by a bunch of dead space guys. Mm-hmm. Um and it looks like Dead Space, and it looks like it plays like Dead Space, and everyone was really excited about that. Yep. And then a couple days later, it's discovered that this game is actually set in the PUBG universe. And we actually should have known this.
1: Well, because the the company that's making it, which is founded by the guy who created Dead Space, was bought by PlayerUnknown. Yeah. And so everything PlayerUnknown makes is in the PUBG universe.
0: Yeah, so Striking Distance Studios, which was started by Glenn Schofield, he actually said like a month ago, that his studio's first game was going to be a PUBG, like a narrative-driven PUBG game. And then they announced... This game, and everyone game. was like, Oh, god, no, like, we don't no, want well, before. no, they nobody knew, like, right. it just everyone had just forgotten that he had said that. They're right. like, Oh my god, but they're what, making a new dead space, but it's just, but not- when they said
1: that, he was, he was like, Oh, we're doing an era, and everyone was like, Oh, PUBG, no, I'm out. Like, yeah, I yeah. saw tons of people just dismiss <laughs> it because because yeah. when you think of that, you think it's going to be like some kind of weird military, military, thing. whatever,
0: yeah, nope, not this, yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't know how they tie this to
1: PUBG, but I, don't know. I mean, it's, it's 20 I don't 2070 or something. So I'm yeah. you know, sure. Like, does it matter? Not really. I,
0: I really don't care. As long as I'm getting a new Dead Space. You can see th-
1: there's tons of like things, and you know, there's there's like an Isaac Clarke reference, like mm-hmm. where he's like IC was there, is like carved into the prison cell, and like he's. What en- how much of that they can get away with? he's reading an engineering book, um, you know, that kind yep. of thing. Uh, the yeah, other thing, if you look at the... I think if you look at the monitors, when they pulls out and the guys look at the monitors, like, there's the initials of the various prisoner... Mo- the various monitors, I think they're all initials of Dead Space characters. Oh, wow. Um, there's a so lot So they've all there. been in prison. So they're, they're going to veer as close to being a Dead Space game as they can without getting sued, I think, is the, is the goal here. I'm all for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it looks good. Um, Graphically, looks a little rough, I think. I mean, um, this is a
1: CG trailer. So, is it?
0: Yeah. That's CG?
1: Yeah, that's some bad CG. <laughs> well, it's a it's not it's not the biggest budget in the world. I don't think.
0: Yeah, I mean, PUBG has tons of money, man. They better put money into their games if they wanted to be successful. Um, next up, uh, Fortnite, as Matt mentioned earlier, hinted at, or actually, you, I think you said that off the air, didn't you? When we were talking about Fortnite, I can't remember if you said it on the show or before the show started. Um, but Fortnite. Did not win an award that we thought it was going to win, but it did have a debut and that's Master Chief again, something that was known for quite some time uh, before the show happened and literally, they cared so little about it, they released the 20 second trailer for it, that's it. (laughs) They don't show Chief in the game, it's just again like a Mm. CG piece. Well Uh, then they jumped into the red versus blue tie-in which they
1: seemed more interested in.
0: Yep. Um, But this goes back to what we were saying earlier, which is Fortnite has just turned into a big advertisement
1: yeah or it's kind of smash brothers a little bit like if for for pop culture it is the funko pop of video games there at this point go.
0: that's a good description yep that's a good way to describe it uh but anyway master chief is in Fortnite. i think he's live already isn't he i think so i think it was like that night or something yeah i think that yeah. night he he uh, appeared in the game uh next up another thing that we were talking about earlier uh when we were talking about vin diesel which is we got to see the debut trailer for Arc 2. Um, I don't know if people truly understand how big Arc Survival Evolved is. Um, that game launched right around the launch of Sifted. I remember I played it as one of like the first games when we got into our office and I was all in there with the TV. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it. Sifted's happening. And this was one of the first games that I played. And when it came out, it was a disaster. It was so oh, yeah. broken and so hard and like just way too difficult. It has turned into this gigantic thing that kids love. My nephews love this game. In fact, it's like their favorite game ever. Um, and it has done very, very well. So here comes the sequel, Arc two, with Vin Diesel in tow, which doesn't, didn't seem to make any sense at first. But again, as the days wore on after the show, we start to find out that he's actually like the executive producer of the game.
1: Yep. He's an executive producer. He played the first game for like a thousand hours. Yeah. Um, I mean, Vin Diesel's a giant dork. Oh, he, I like, mean, he's a huge gamer. Huge. Yeah. He's not
0: a poser. Like, he's not the at real all, deal. No.
1: Yeah. Um, and real, so- video games, tabletop games, like he, like the whole thing. I I think I've told the story before, but like, well, for we, I mean, we know uh, Mr. Sark, who used to be his DM before he was famous. Right. Like, he, he, Vin, Vin was in his Dungeons and Dragons game before Vin Diesel was, was a big deal. Yeah. And, um, Uh, when Vin Diesel got to do, uh, Chronicles of Riddick, he was offered his, his choice of, um, co-stars. Like you can basically pick whoever, whatever woman you want to co-star with, you pick. And he picked Dame Judi Dench because he wanted to work with Judi Dench. They're like, oh, we thought you were going to pick like some hot girl to be your, like Riddick's girlfriend. He's like, no, I want to work with Judi Dench. So they, so there, Judi Dench is in the movie and apparently at some point during filming, they all got together a couple nights, and he taught Judy Dench how to play Dungeons and Dragons.
0: No and way. If,
1: if there is footage of that, I will give you a substantial amount of money to watch Vin Diesel teach Judy Dench how to play Dungeons and Dragons, because uh, that sounds amazing. It like, does. Just trying to explain to Judy Dench what a half-elf is. It just like that is, that is the content I need in my life. Um, but that's the kind of guy you are talking about here. He's, yep. he's, he's great.
0: Uh, Magister Cato, thank you for Twitch Prime. Justin Horman, thanks for Twitch Prime. Uh, Video Game Fury 79, thank you. Uh, Devid, thank you. Um, Let's see, next. Microsoft Flight Simulator coming to Xbox Series consoles. Um, I think this was inevitable, and I also think that it is inevitable that every PC game that Microsoft publishes will come, I think, from here on out, day and date. Uh, on series consoles yeah.
1: i think unless it's some kind of like really mouse focused thing like like some kind of rts maybe but i think even then i mean if they put well, out i mean the age Tactics. of empire the age of empires remasters are not coming yeah. to console um i mean mice work with the series x <laughs> yeah but they're not enough to make it worth making that even doing that port really But I also think they won't do. They won't make anything like that.
0: I mean, they can't be that difficult with the architecture. I
1: mean, you need you need a a team, and you need to pay them money for months and months. I mean, you got to do something. I mean, it doesn't. For something uh, that's not going to move the needle at all, like no one's going to care if you do that. If you put, I still stand
0: behind my idea of turning uh, Xbox Series X into a PC. Um, I still think it just makes too much freaking sense.
1: (laughs) I mean, you could. I bet someone will do that homebrew at some point and just like get get Windows on it and yeah, just Windows on it. Now it's a now it's a little portable PC. Yep, probably pretty Um, easy, really, if you can break the whatever the you know the the jailbreak it somehow.
0: Yep, Um, but you know it looked just as good running on consoles as it did on PCs. That trailer looks just as good as it did uh, in the lead up to the PC release. So. Um, it's a very, it's an acquired taste, I'll say that much. I think most people know what they're getting into with micro, Microsoft Flight Simulator at this point. It is a very, very rigid and realistic simulation. Uh, next up, to me, probably the game that impressed me the most at the show, and that is Crimson Desert. This game is coming from Korea, from Pearl Abyss. Remember that name. Uh, This studio is turning into, like, one of the better studios in the world, not just, like, in Korea. So we have second-guessed this studio with every trailer it's ever released, Matt. We see it, and we're like, that's not real, that's pre-rendered, that's CG, and it never is. And again, here, this is all running real-time, on real hardware, probably... No, it is. It is the most impressive MMORPG I've ever seen, as far as visuals are concerned. Um, And they did Black Desert Online, which, in my opinion, what is the second most visually impressive MMORPG? Um, So, these guys got some... They got some some skills. Like, they're really... Really, sh- and then like just some of the, the animation that they- it's not even just like technically, um, artistically, they're doing some really cool stuff too. Now, I do not like MMOs, I will probably never play this. Um, but if I did like MMOs, I would be hot on the trail of this game, Matt.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it was even kind of hard to tell if it was an MMO.
0: Um cuz the combat looks like Assassin's Creed
1: sort of but also they don't use they don't show that they don't show multiple players they call it an open world action adventure yeah um I don't I don't know I'm not sure what we're looking at I mean I it's definitely got my attention like I said that like as soon as he started walking through that little guy g- gateway and it all kind of built itself in front of him I'm like okay you got my attention on this one mm-hmm. and I think it's obvious that it's running in real time because it, if it wasn't it would look better Um, They finished the
0: trailer with an awesome shot, too. They show, like, this... You don't even know what it is at first. It's, like, all these geometric shapes kind of, like, flying through the sky. And you're like, oh, this is just the end of the trailer graphics where the logo comes up. And then the camera starts panning down, and no... It's a wizard casting like this spell in real time. And I'm yeah. just like, okay.
1: Yeah, like the <laughs> world where you guys is are coming from now. <laughs> yeah, like the world is very uh, impressive. The one, the one, like yeah. concern I have is I found Black Desert effectively unplayable. Like, oh really? I, I thought it was incredibly obtuse in terms of its interface, and I didn't really understand why I was gonna wanted to do anything I wanted to do, and I just kind of drifted away from it after a couple of days. Most people
0: do praise it, though, for being one MMO where the combat feels like a
1: typical action game. Oh, sort of. I mean, it just, it's just not quite there. It doesn't, you know, in sort of like what we criticize Cyberpunk for, I don't feel like Black Desert Online's combat feels like anything. Like, okay. it's something, like it's, it's somewhere, it's halfway there, but it's sort of like that, uh, whatever that... Um, uh there was a there was a like an action MMO combat thing with like it was kind of it looked kind of like Dead or Alive. The characters looked like, like they were from Dead or Alive, but very anime. Um like Vanquish or Va- Va- I think Vanguard or Va- it began with a V, I wanna say. Um it was like that it, like they were trying to do that similar kind of thing, but like it just was Vanquish wasn't, was on Mikami's right. Vanquish was that. It, it began with an a V. It definitely okay. began with a V, but you, you made like anime style looking characters and you got out. you were on a boat at first and you got off and like the combat was action-based. And it was like it was nice, but it wasn't quite there, you know. And mm-hmm. and I see that in this too. Um, we'll we'll see what we'll see what it turns out. It definitely has my my, my eye is on this one for sure.
0: Pearl Abyss definitely technically proficient. To yeah. say, the least.
1: I mean, there's a lot. I think there's a lot of developers lurking in South Korea that the world needs to hear about. Yep. That, like, you know, there's a lot of talent in there that we just don't see much of. We're starting
0: to, though. And it's starting, it's starting to break to out, out of that. And it's, it's exciting. It's it exciting is. to see. When you see games like this, it sure is, definitely. Yeah. Uh, next up, my personal favorite thing from the show, and this is just me, I don't think it's the best game. Most people probably just let it wash over them and didn't even pay attention to it Evil Dead, the game. It is a cooperative um, survival shooter set in the Evil Dead universe. But what's most important to me is that it's not, like, the even though it does have the knight as a playable character, it's not really this, like, sticky, corny thing. It takes place at the cabin. Um, it actually has playable characters from the first Evil Dead. Uh, Ash is one of the playable characters. Um, I think it looks fun. I think it looks true to the IP, which is something that I have really grown sick of over time. Like, I watched that. Like, everyone was like, oh, I know you love Evil Dead. Go watch the, the Showtime show. And I went and watched it. I thought it was terrible. Um, like, I didn't even really like the last Evil Dead movie. I liked the reboot that just came out, what, like, six years ago? Is that right? Maybe. Like, I don't know. But I didn't like, like, the, the third one, Army of Darkness, where he goes to, like, some other universe. And it was, like, all... It was basically a comedy. Yeah. Um, I liked the first one a lot, even though now it's kind of corny with the the, the effects, I like the second one the second most because it was starting to straddle the line between comedy and horror. And then the third one, like, I can't even really watch it. So The third um, one's the only one I like. And a lot of people feel that way. I, I, I know I'm in the minority. I'm a big gore hound. And that movie, like, rocked my world when I watched it when I was, like, six. Like, literally, like, shook me to my core. Like, I was not ready to watch that movie when I watched it for the first time. Uh, me, and a, me and one of my friends, like, went to this video rental store and they rented it to us when they weren't supposed to. And we went down in his basement and hid from his parents and watched it. And we were both like traumatized. <laughs> so anyway, that the first film in particular has made a big impact on my life. Um, and so I still do like it, uh, but obviously the, the practical effects now as good as he was back then for the time. They're like a joke. But anyway, mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is that the tone of this game is more in line with the tone that I like from the evil dead versus the tone that I don't like. So, I'm pretty excited for this. I'm a little concerned that it may launch with just a cabin and and like the characters that you saw. And it becomes this thing that like grows over time. And eventually they add more like deadites and stuff like that. I don't know. That seems
1: like a pretty good bet.
0: Yep. Um, And and if that's the case, I'm not quite as excited for it because they did that with Friday the 13th. Um, Mm. And I could never get into that. Like I went and played it when it first launched and I was like, oh, this has promise, but it's just kind of broken and janky and I never went back to it. And if the Evil Dead's that way, I'll probably do the same thing. So as a big fan, I'm excited, but I have some trepidation. Uh, and then they, we're going to finish off with what I thought were the two most interesting indie games that were in the show. And the crazy part is they both are about road trips. <laughs> uh, first up is a game called Season. Um And this game is basically you, I think you're a person who's like on the spectrum and you're riding around kind of discovering the world for the first time in your life on your bicycle. Um, And so, you know, it's an indie adventure game. I'm sure they're going to tug on the heartstrings at certain points in the game. Uh, just an interesting concept, uh, something I never heard of before, and also something that we, in all honesty, we expect from indies at this point. It's what I want from indies. I don't want indies to try to emulate AAA games on a budget. I want them to use the leeway that they have with their creativity to make interesting stuff. And to me, this is one of the more interesting indie games that uh, that was shown. Uh, Although if
1: if indie games want to fill the niche of more triple A things that people refuse to make now, (laughs) which I think which is how we've gotten so many Metroidvanias in the last few years, like you can do that. Like, that's okay. Yeah, I don't don't need you trying to do God of War.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've seen that. It's spiders and it's taken them like 13 years to make a passable game. Uh, so anyway, just want to keep an eye on, uh, maybe go on something and follow it if you want to uh, get updates anytime something new is published on the site. And then the final one is called Open Roads, also a road trip game. This one is about a 20-ish looking girl and her mom who go on a road trip because her gran- the grandmother has died, the mom's mother, and there's all this mystery around her death. So you set out on the road with your mom to try to uncover the mystery behind your grandmother's passing. Um, And again, an interesting concept. I like that, at least what we've seen so far, it's like an all-female lead cast. There's no dudes in it at all. Um, Something that you probably wouldn't have seen even a couple years ago. Uh, Do you like road trip games, Matt? There aren't a lot of them. Um, generally, I mean, the
1: idea of them is good. I mean, I guess kind of going back to Full Throttle, I guess is sort of the original road trip or like adventure game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, this has some real talent behind it, both in terms of performance and uh, and uh, development, I think. Uh, Kentucky Route Zero was another really good road trip. I mean, obviously that was a magical, realist, bizarre, fantasy-ish sort of thing, but like that was a road trip, uh, you know, obviously. There's a road um, to
0: Guangdang or something like that. Yeah. That's like there, There's a,
1: a, there's a, there's a, Life is Strange 2 is yeah. kind of pretty much a road it trip. Is, I mean, there's, yeah. there's a, yeah. it's a good premise for an adventure. Walking Dead. Yeah. Those those games are road trip games, trips, really. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so those are, you, know, you could even say, uh, Tell Me Why is sort of a road trip. I mean, you are not a road trip back home, but mm-hmm. like it's it's there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a pretty good way to kind of tell a, an unfolding story that, that is sort of a personal journey. It's it's pretty standard, pretty standard literary trope. I mean, you know, there's a well, it's reason. it's also
0: easy. You always have the quiet time in the car. Right. So you can get through the exposition in the car. Like the mechanics of it make it yeah, easy. Yeah, and you've kind of
1: got the 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 extremes that we've sort of become familiar with that you can draw from a sort of Kerouac's on the road. Yeah. versus like uh, uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. You know, yeah. like you, could, you kind of take what you need from each of those stories and figure out where you meet in the middle and that's, your story, that's kind of your, your tone as um, sort of an American road trip story. Yeah. Um, and also road trip stories do tend to be like uniquely American things. I like them um, in so general. They're, like they're I like good. movies
0: yeah. that are road trip movies. Like there's just something, yeah. something. There's an air about about it. It's like you don't know what's going to happen. Anything can happen because when you're traveling, you're not stuck in a setting. You're mm-hmm. going places, so you never know where where they're going to go.
1: And there's a lot of weird people out
0: there. Like vacation, so. National Lampoon's Vacation, road trip
1: movie. You want to see one of my my favorite unsung road trip movies? Go uh, find uh, Interstate sixty. Okay, Tales from the Road. It's by the guy written and directed by the guy who wrote Back to the Future. Okay, um, and uh, he retired from filmmaking after he made it because it was the movie he always wanted to. T- the story he always wanted to tell and the movie he always wanted to make, and he was done after that. I'm not saying it's that good, but it is interesting. And if you ever wanted to see the original Pink Ranger as like a weird slutty hitchhiker,
0: <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, <laughs>
1: there's your there's your movie. I'm
0: kidding. Uh, so anyway, that's the Game Awards 2020, Matt. I will say this: One after watching them, and after prepping for the show, and now after discussing them with you, I do feel like it was kind of missing that big kind of knockout punch.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like Mass Effect people, obviously the biggest of them all, but I feel like people didn't have so, anything really for yeah. him for the. Also, like, is, is this is this the first Game
0: Awards with no big Nintendo reveal? Oh, yeah, the other thing I should mention, well, Smash Brothers. Um, the thing I wouldn't I call a new was, character in Smash Brothers a big reveal. Really. Yeah, the other thing I should say is there was a ton more in the show. Like, yeah. this is literally the stuff that I felt was worth discussing. There was literally, like, dozens more exclusives on indie games and all these preview to play things and like, it was a lot of work for him to corral all that stuff, and you're right. Like, I think where we're at right now, we're in between generations. People aren't ready to show their next-gen stuff really yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he did do the best he could, but I do think it was kind of lacking that yeah. one. And I
1: think thing. a lot of the—I think the, the the hardware makers are sort of holding a lot of that back for themselves.
0: Yep, yep. I totally get that, and I—look, just ultimately, Jeff did a great job. Um, I can't believe he even did it and pulled it off at all. Uh, it still ended up looking like a professional show. He uh, He got big celebrities. He still had great reveals. It was too long. He was forced to basically produce a boring show because he had no other choice. Um, but I think he did the best he could under the circumstances. And once again, I want to give him kudos for another job well done. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't
1: know. You know, certainly we couldn't have done any better.
0: Definitely not. Well, see, his connections, it's all about his connections. You know, his dad started IMAX. So he has all these connections in Hollywood that you and I could never. Yeah.
1: Well, that was his, uh, that was kind of his secret sauce back in the day, especially in the game trailers days, was like he knew all the marketing people. Yep. That's the trick. That is a trick
0: because they have all the media.
1: Right. Because usually we all, you know, usually in the the game journalism world, you would go through PR. Yeah. He would go to marketing and PR answers to marketing. So it doesn't matter what deal PR made with whatever gaming outlet, if marketing says no, we're going with this, we're going with game trailers, that's who they go with. Yeah. So he kind of like he like threw the ball over the fence and then like used that to go talk to the real neighbor to get the ball back, basically. Yeah. Um, it, was a, it was kind of a genius strategy that he only he could have done. Um, it also took kind of balls to be sort of a hated person. In, in, in by you know by some of the the peer like they thought that was cheating, but there is no such thing as cheating in yeah. that scenario. Like there is there is, <laughs> there is succeeding about? and not succeeding, and <laughs> that's pretty much that's it. the end. Of, that's the end of the game,
0: really. Yeah, yep. So excellent job, Jeff, as always, man. Um, I can't wait to see what you do next year. Once I think you'll be able to do the show in person again Um, and I'm glad he was able to do it too because if he had missed a year and like lost that all would have been bad yeah and weren't able to do it again that would be really really we waited a long time to get an award show like this so yeah, I think continuity is important Um,
1: even if this year didn't Trust. do a lot didn't do a lot to advance the prestige of the awards themselves like it's such a lost year for so many things that I don't think that, I don't think that needed to be, or even should have been the priority this time. Yeah. Um, But I think that he did establish the idea of having large scale celebrities present the awards. If he can continue that, if he can get some of those people to show up in person next year, like that's, I think that's a big gain for the show in general Um, in terms of just sort of like, you know, optics, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a good deal. And it also means they have those people on hand for, parties or the red carpet or the pre-show stuff, whatever they're going to do yep. in person All next time. The other like there's is. nothing here that cannot, you know, like you're right that like it didn't quite work and you, know, you lost what you lost because of the pandemic situation. And there's nothing he could do to change that or control that. But I think he laid a lot of good groundwork for the next in person one. Like, well, he also I, he, just he did taught did
0: not people how to do a word shows remotely.
1: Right. But <laughs> what I'm saying is that he did not use that. He did not like just sit back. Uh, he did not settle for, if we can just get it made, that's right. a victory. Right, just you know? doing it is good enough. He yeah. still he still was looking to next year in terms of how he was approaching what he did in this show. And some of the stuff he did in this show, even if it's just behind the scenes production stuff, is going to pay off for him next yeah. time when they do it again in person. And like that is a testament to how smart he is as a show, orga- as a show organizer. Yep. Um, so even if you thought the show was boring, which I'm not going to argue with anyone about that, especially if you already knew all the reveals. Like that was certainly, I mean, look, when, when I was watching it live, I would look down at something else while the, you know, the stage stuff was happening. And then when like an award would give, be given away or a trailer would run, I'd look back up. You know? Right. Um, but uh, I, there, there, was a, there was a lot of, of thought going into moving forward and continuing this as a yearly tradition. Uh, and it would have been real easy, I think, to just sort of not worry about that and just worry about getting it done.
0: And he did not do that. And I respect that a lot. Okay. All right, let's move on. We're actually going to bring up a topic that we discussed on last week's show. I mean, we thought it was settled law, <laughs> but <laughs> as it turns out, it was not. So last week, we mentioned that uh, Codemasters was going to be purchased by Take-Two, and it seemed to be a done deal to us Take-Two had completely overbid for Codemasters. Yeah. They had bid like 900... 900- it did not occur to me that anyone else would want it, for that matter. <laughs> they, yeah, had, like- they had bid $975 million on Codemasters. And Codemasters, if you don't know, they publish like the F1 games. They publish the Dirt Rally games. And that's pretty much it. They're solely a driving game developer. Um, So we just figured... Take Two has some plan we don't know about that why they're throwing all that money at them, but definitely they overpaid. Well, no, they didn't overpay because along comes EA who outbids Take Two by like three hundred million dollars to set the sale price at one point two billion dollars for Code Masters. Man, maybe we should just start a freaking game development studio. <laughs> I mean, look, Code Masters is good at what it does. It's Probably, well, I wouldn't say it's the best driving game developer in the world, but it's probably second. It's, um, up there. it's one of the best. So I do understand there's value there. But as we mentioned last week, one, driving games just really don't sell that much anymore. And the only ones that do are kind of the first party games. So I'm completely, I was completely flummoxed by Take-Two buying it. Are you more or less confused by EA's bid, Matt? I mean,
1: so I, I am confused by it. Um, not in the sense that, like, I think um, you know that I think Codemaster should just disintegrate and go away or anything, but like yeah. the idea that people that people are so interested in owning this company that they basically um, you know that they basically uh, gotten a bidding war over it is a little bizarre to me, and I didn't understand any of it. And I asked some people I know uh, over it, you know, they're tangentially involved in EA, like what what is the Point like no. What are you doing? It's like you already put out a, a mediocre racing game every year. Why, why is it? I mean, like, don't they the, already
0: have like three studios that are doing? They have for several. Speed? They have a Criterion <laughs> and a couple. Of, and like, how many? They, do they need another one.
1: And I guess there was like there was like an email about um, you know, basically like uh, sent out to everybody at the company that was basically like, oh, IP is very valuable, and we're going to bring together their their well, franchises and our need, need. they want to? They sounds like they want to merge it with Need for Speed.
0: They I mean, want are they, they want to do Codemasters Duty with Need for Speed where they have three studios working on it so a new game comes out every No, day, I I so think really
1: I think they want to I think they want to try to revamp Need for Speed by injecting by injecting Codemasters into it. I think mm. they want the Codemasters expertise with racing and they're basically because like the, I think and the more I think about I don't know if it's worth the amount of money they're gonna they're paying here, but like the idea here seems to be we're gonna take We're going to take Need for Speed and bring it to Codemasters and say, like, please fix this. Like, make this into a great racing game that can't be ignored. I think is what their plan is here. Okay. Is that worth $1.2 billion? I mean, it could be. I don't know. It, it could, could be, mad. I if guess. Need for if Need
0: goes back to the way it was, it's worth more than yeah, that. Yeah, if you could
1: get, uh, if you get Need for Speed or just racing games in general to kind of catch fire, because there was a time when racing games were how you judged new hardware. Yeah, I know. Like there was, you know, back in the N64, kind oh, of, yeah. you remember that? I like must- that was a, how much pop was like there? Down, Yeah, like that was like <laughs> that was like, well, I don't know how to how to feel about this new hardware until I see a racing game. You know, we're waiting to for cruise in the USA ends. or like a Gran Turismo or Matt. I would uh, D- argue this D-Data. though.
0: Even with Xbox Series X in that Halo Infinite debut when they are driving the Warthog yeah. You yeah. see the the draw in, yeah, the
1: draw in and the ground clutter twenty
0: twenty. It is a legitimately
1: good benchmark. It is, in a lot of yeah, ways. For and sure. to see something driving. I mean, that's a problem in Cyberpunk too. Yeah, moving that um, fast is what it yeah. is. Yeah, uh, and through the like, world. And uh, you, know, you mean you know it's not a coincidence that you see uh, Xbox launch with Forza a lot. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a it's a good way to show off if you know what you're looking at. Yep. Um. Remember when Dreamcast came out and Sega Rally was like the yeah. big deal? You know, like that was you know, people never looked at a rally game of their lives. You're looking at Sega Rally on Dreamcast, and you're like, oh wow! Oh, it was like mind
0: blowing. Yeah. yeah. People bought that game just because of how it looked. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't like, very
1: good. <laughs> just to justify it to themselves. That it was Pretty the terrible, actually. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so then Metropolis just, Street Racing came out a little shortly yeah, I mean, thereafter, and that was like yeah, wow. I, was an X,
1: X, yeah I was on Dreamcast, it was great, and then Xbox bought them.
0: Yep and, and now uh, they're bizarre
1: amazing. creations and then they were on uh, Xbox on Forza that. stuff yeah cuz that um, became what was that was, was that that was probably became Project Gotham Racing yep yeah yep um so this i so i kind of get that my, my thing with EA is like almost anything that even slightly underperforms they take that company or that developer or that franchise out behind the shed and shoot it in the head Yeah, but Need for Speed Crashes and burns over and over and over, and it just constantly gets another try. And I'm like, That's why? Yeah. What, what is it about Need for Speed that makes it inv- like bulletproof to the execs over there? Well, it was like, you, you know, if if Star Wars Squadrons sold even slightly under predictions, you would never see another X-wing game again. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just irritating to me that Need for Speed is somehow invulnerable. You know, where, where, where's Burnout? Yeah. How come I don't get any more, bur- how come you won't even make a Burnout 3 remaster for me? Like, I, I'm so, I'm, I, Need for Speed just, like, embarrassingly reinvents itself every two years, and we can't get any consistency out of anything else <laughs> EA makes. It's really weird.
0: Gl- glorious War just wrote in chat, F1 Ultimate Team. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, actually, people are actually coming up with some pretty good reasons. Uh, Delfino109 says they're just trying to block Take-Two from having good racing games.
1: That could be too. I mean, if they can't have good racing games, no one gets good racing games. <laughs> um, I mean, but to be fair, take two has studios that make racing games.: Oh sure, but oh, it's just weird to me, it's just weird to me that like they're, that co- these big companies are having this fight over racing games. Like they're not yeah, it's nutty. They're not that much of a factor, I wouldn't say. not going to move. The, the, only thing, the other thing I can think is um, codemasters are very good at tech. Um you know they they've built engines specifically for their racing stuff they you know they have very impressive tech on on display and if I'm eA I am definitely looking for a way to get out of the frostbite dungeon I'm yeah. stuck in and maybe well, after they're
0: gonna the crew too Ubisoft, I'm sure is out <laughs> they're like, yeah you guys can have them. Um, I mean they're from Europe. If anybody should have bought them, it should have been Ubisoft. Uh, but they were like, no thanks. that tells you a lot. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's a smart move, and I think it's insane that EA spent that much. I think it was insane that Take-Two was going to spend that much, but maybe there's a master plan that we just don't know about. Yeah, if there's two companies
1: if there's two companies that agree that that company's worth that much, then we, they, they clearly there. know some stuff we don't know. I mean, um, they, make,
0: they could be developing a game behind the scenes yeah. that people had to sign NDAs to see that is, like, blowing people's doors off. Like, we just and don't I know. Do,
1: and I do still think that there might be some kind of tech reason for that. You know, they, you know, the, guys, the guys at Codemasters have got to be some pretty tech geniuses over there to somebody to get some of the stuff that they've made made. Yeah. And if I'm EA, I feel like at this point I am definitely looking for an alternative to Frostbite 2, and maybe I'm done sort of expecting dice to deliver on stuff like that, and maybe I want to show Frostbite 2 or whatever to Codemasters tech guys and be like, what can you do for us? And maybe they say we can fix a bunch of this stuff, or maybe they say we can build a bunch of tools that will make it more functional, or maybe they say, why don't we just build you something new? Um, but one way or the other, I think EA maybe that's maybe that's part of the play here is EA thinks that it could be useful from a, a company-wide tech perspective, which is possible. Like Codemasters does make some pretty solid tech. Oh. So we'll see. Or maybe they really wanted that early 2000s B-list shovelware publishing <laughs> publishing uh, schedule that uh, Codemasters made us well, review Codemasters in used the to early do a lot more than it does now. Yeah. yeah. It's, but I'm, I'm just saying a there's a lot of forgotten Eurojank PC games that EA is going to have rights to now that we'll never see again. Yeah, they'll just be gone. <laughs> it's like they never existed. I remember right. when a Codemaster, we used to get Codemasters preview stuff all the time uh, back at Tech TV. And every time it was just like, oh, my God. what <laughs> Another. What, what oh. weird, broken thing is this now? Like, it's, it, they're a very different company now.
0: Them and Infogrom, so oh, <laughs> yeah. Like oh, partners yeah. in crime. All right, let's move to the last topic of episode 240. I told you guys this was going to be a shorter one than usual. Uh, We're going to give you our last takes on Cyberpunk 2077. This game is the game that just keeps on giving, Matt, because just every day there's some new little thing that pops up where you're just like, wow. Um, But in spite of all the stuff in the news and the horrible things that have been happening uh, with the base PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game, I have continued to play it. And Matt, I have continued to play it and enjoy it a lot. Like, I really like it. In fact, the more I've played the game, the better it has become. Some of the missions that I have done um, of of late have been right up there with some of the best stuff that CD Projekt Red has done. Some of the best DLC stuff that you saw in The Witcher. Um, It gets there. Um, Now, I will say this, Matt, also, since we last talked about this game, it has become a crash... Fast. When we talked last week, I had played a ton of this game and had like one crash. Literally, as soon as I started playing it again after Game Face last week, it was just constant. And what for me, what's, and I'm playing on PS5, for me, what it seems to be is either I'm sprinting through like an area with a lot of detail and a lot of people. Or I'm driving a car at a high rate of speed, and it just mm. wipes out and just kicks me like to the desktop. And it, start, it happened three times in 30 minutes for me at one point. And that's that I stopped playing. And then I waited a couple hours, and I t- wanted to play it again. It's really freaking good. That's the problem with this game. It's so good. And it could be like literally what we thought it was going to be if it just wasn't a complete and utter technical disaster.
1: Yeah, I I've I haven't i have only had two crashes on the Xbox version. Um but on PS Really? PS- only PS- two. Yeah. On PS five, it was uh every crash I had was during movement. Yep. Um either Fast running somewhere or
0: driving somewhere.
1: And it yep. was it's clearly some kind of thing where it's loading new stuff it for the world keep up. And, it, and it just Drops. It just goes black, basically. It could be how Uh, their
0: RAM allocation. There's something going on. There's
1: something there with the data stream that's tripping it up on PlayStation and PlayStation PlayStation Five. I mean, that's the only thing I played it on there. Uh, Xbox. I've had two crashes, and both crashes, believe it or not, were because I was switching menus too fast. Wow! Uh, When you when you pick up a uh, like when you pick up like a like a data thing, you know, like like a, a thing to read, you know, and it pops the thing up. Like hit hit left on the D pad to read the thing. Um, Both crashes I've had, I hit the D-pad to read the thing and it was a thing I'd already read so I instantly hit B to back out of it and when I backed out of it my character was stuck in the middle of an animation and couldn't move and then slowly the whole game just freezes and I can no longer go back to the menus or anything and it just crashes out to the Xbox desktop. So that's happened twice in like 25 hours. I mean, it's not. The biggest problem has been just general weird bugs, um, little glitches that make me have to restart the game. Like a couple times, it stopped displaying my health and stamina. Like it just displays my health as zero, which
0: I've had all kinds of. That's an easy way to die if you don't know how much health you have. Literally go on Um, for hours. A lot of weird weird stuff stuff like that.
1: There's. Getting vehicles stuck in nothing and not yeah, being able to get out of it. just getting stuck
0: on, like, geometry um, and can't get off. I mean... I haven't,
1: I haven't had any, like, getting the characters stuck on geometry problems, really, except, like, the, no, usual the car thing. is what I was talking about. Oh, the car, yeah. I the, got a car and stuck and in bikes, between, the, like, a pole and, like, a wall, and it was Well, just, the bikes will get just caught on nothing. Like, yeah. they'll just... You know, again, they'll, it
0: goes back to what we were saying last week about how everything has a hitbox. Like, after we talked yeah. about it, I, as I played it, I kept looking for the... And I just had those problems over and over again. Yeah. But again, like... I ended up having like, uh, like hundreds of health. Like again, it never, it it never gets difficult. Is what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have more health than you could ever use, and it really takes some of the zap out of the big confrontations. Um, well, especially now that I am like I, I fo- ended up focusing on blades. Um, and I, I, so I adjusted the difficulty I have started playing it on the next difficulty setting because it was a joke like I would have to take a lot of health but mm. there was no way I was going to lose and it just became like a means to an end and even bumping it up, I haven't seen that much of a change. Now, there's
1: not much different. I mean, look, it, it, once you get enough of the... like, I'm I'm focusing on blades. I have... Uh, I move like 15% faster whenever I kill someone with a blade, and I get a stack of armor, and I get a stack of extra damage, and I get 7% of my health back when I kill someone with a blade. Like, th- all that they stuff can't works. kill me. It like, does, they're not, I'll say it, yeah. this.
0: All the systems in this game, they work, and yeah. you can see it like instantly. Like, And they feel. definitely...
1: um, You know, there's been several tweets and articles about this, but like... Like they t- where they, where the various your viewers and stuff have talked about, like don't put stuff into everything. Like pick a path and focus on that attribute and focus on that perk tree, because otherwise you're never going to get to like the really cool abilities for whatever whatever you're interested in and that is i went more jack of all trades on ps5 and i went much more focused on xbox and i'm having a lot more fun with my xbox character because yeah. of that so that is a very true thing i would say It's like you want to you don't want to max everything out or slowly build everything out all around as the character you want to pick one or two things and focus on them and get to those high level abilities because that's where it gets fun
0: well i'll let i'll give you one guess how i spec my character I'm gonna guess you are rifles yes. and and <laughs> headshots. Yes,
1: I am. Yep, yeah, that's how I play. And it's... now I I have moved into that. I have all, my secondary is assault rifles, and I just picked up a legendary sniper rifle called Overwatch mm-hmm. that. Oh, like, I have it too. Yeah. It, it does something like seven thousand headshot damage. <laughs> yeah. I, and I also yeah. I, my, the the katana I have right now crits for eight six thousand. Oh yeah, like, that's no good. one can. You had
0: mentioned the katanas, Matt. Like yeah, the katana. And when I found one, I was like, okay, Matt said I should keep this. Because I honestly don't use blades, like, hardly at all. Mm -hmm. So I usually just sell them or just get rid of them. I was like, I'm going to keep the katana because Matt said that they're really powerful. And uh, I ended up running out of ammo and didn't even intentionally want to use the katana. I just hit triangle to switch weapons, and the katana came up. And, oh, my God, (laughs) it just massacred. I was, like, filling these guys with a whole clip, and they're still coming at me. Like, I hit the one guy once. It just chops his head off in a slice. And then the second guy who I had never even shot at all, <laughs> one slice and just down. And I was like, okay, I, I
1: am predicting that one of the yeah, they just said there's gonna They're be gonna like nerf two, them, two big it. yeah, there's there gonna be two big patches. One of those yeah. patches is gonna is gonna nerf uh-huh. katana. Katana's are It's fun to play with, too. I mean, if you could deflect bullets with them, you would basically be a Jedi. Yeah. There's no... it's great. And And I also... I have, like... I found legendary mantis blades. Like, so I got those for free. And so now I have these mantis blades and you can just stab people. And the great thing is, like, when you do that, like, you're in the middle of animation, you're basically invincible. So you can just... You just sort of have time. And I have a... The other thing, I have a, a, I found it actually was a, it's a a cyberware implant that slows time down by 60% for like 10 seconds when I'm spotted. Oh, geez. So basically I run up to a guy, hit him him with the katana, time slows down and like five people are dead before anyone can even react to me. Wow. But this this is my point,
0: Matt. Like this is the stuff though that we wanted from this game. Right. Where I have played it the more I've got to get into it and the more awesome it is. Like it's all there. Um, Yeah, I'm still in the, I mean, I'm still in the good, not great,
1: category for for it, and I, I do think like the main story stuff is really solid like they're mm-hmm. really you can tell the pedigree is there for from the you know from the like the Witcher three stuff where you really get into why the characters are doing what they 're doing and, and like the, the the scenarios and the setups are interesting and how they go wrong is interesting you know how they're scripted to go wrong is interesting like the way they they build the stakes on all the the story missions are really good and sort of how that all develops is is you can see it like it's there especially once you get to act two. Because it's tempting to sort of mess around in Act One forever, but you you really aren't supposed to. Because and, and I think the the evidence I mean, they for even that
0: is try to keep you from doing it. Really, yeah. I think
1: the evidence because <laughs> you're trapped in Watson the whole yeah. time. But I think the other evidence for that is like once you finish Act One, you get the title screen, right? Yeah. You get the, get the yeah, Cyberpunk dried yeah. elder. So okay, yeah. so that's a prologue, really. Yeah. Um. And so once you get to Act Two, it all opens up, and it's and there's a lot more fun stuff to do. And yeah, it it's so much better. You know, and There's some like really cool references in there that you find some like legendary equipment and weapons that I, you know, and the, there's a reason to explore. Like there's, you know, the problem for me is just, it's so rough. It is. It's
0: just it's a killer. A mess. It's a freaking like, killer. Like this game should have come out next holiday season. Yeah. Ma- it's Ma- like. Can you believe they thought they were going to release this game In like April? Yeah. No, like initially, like a year yeah. ago. I don't,
1: I don't even know what that would have looked There's like.
0: There's no way. Like, God, do you think this was all just a ploy to keep generating pre-orders? Like, 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 I think we're done talking about the game. Let's talk about CD Projekt Red for a minute because what CD Projekt Red has done is really, really scummy. Mm. There is no way. They had no idea that the PS4 and Xbox One versions of this game weren't busted. There's no way. They were like, we're going to send it out broken because they know that not everybody is going to ask for a refund. They know it. So they're like, our alternative is to not release the PS4 and Xbox One versions at all, which means we lose all the sales. So they're like, we'll put it out. We'll abuse our fans and the audience. And sure, you know, people are going to be pissed, and when they are pissed, then we'll try to look like the good guys by saying we're taking refunds. But and ultimately, not everyone is going to ask for a refund, so we're still going to make a bunch of money off of these other versions. And even that are if you crap. do, what
1: do you, what are they going to do? Like they have the thing in that that letter they put out. It's like, oh, if you need help with refunds, email. It's like, but they're no, they doing anything. But they didn't talk to any of their re- Well, they but they did. They said. You know, no, context. PlayStation
0: Network and no, they contact said they, Xbox.
1: They said if you need no, they said if you need uh, help help with refunds for like physical purchases, email us here. Mm. Like they, that was a thing in there. But what like people that? have done that and like Patrick Klepik's looking into it. But people have done that and like the, the retail partners don't know anything about it. Like they're they're like, we don't know what what that means. Like if you want to turn a physical copy of this game, most retailers are not gonna take open software. And like if you email them about like how they're gonna help with it, like no one really knows what that means um it's it's a weird it's it's a, it, i mean certainly you know this used to be one of my favorite companies in the industry and my my uh estimation of them has dropped considerably in the last I think, several I years think i don't think you're alone i think a
0: lot of people are right there with you man like it's if nice. you're not already
1: upset with them for the transphobia and, and the and the poor reactions to things like that over the last few years uh, especially in their social media you have to not be happy
0: about this like I mean, the, Matt, the this treatment is of the customers man there's no excuse for it They've. They they, got, i mean they hid the console version yes yeah there's, there's no, no question for it it's one of the worst things i've seen a publisher or developer do and i've been working in this industry for over 20 years so and i'm sure it will eventually be great they'll fix yes. it up by march i bet it'll be the game it should have
1: been but then it should have come out in march yeah i if mean then. i'll be honest
0: like i am still enjoying it playing on ps5 it crashes every once in a while but the yeah, pace I mean, is so damn fast; it's like it's back up. Yeah, and you're I'm back into again it pretty in fast. Like twenty seconds. So and it
1: does save pretty re- yeah pretty much. It, I've never lost more than like half a minute, really. Right. Of, and once it time. crashed,
0: like the auto saves are great. Like yeah. I'm more than generous. But also, once it crashed the first time, now I know. Like if I hit a milestone, I I manual save. So mm. it does take a little while to kind of figure out how to play it to not hate it. But I've I've really loved it. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Since we last recorded the show, I've really enjoyed it. So we'll get into some of that stuff more in the game of the year episode. But overall, I mean, I guess just really the message is if you bought the PS4 or the Xbox One version, you have 14 days to return it. I would return it. Um, Unless you're cool with holding on until you get a next gen console. Um, and then that code is just as good mm-hmm. as buying the next gen version. If you're Although about- I would still
1: argue that while well, the next gen versions obviously work better, run better, it's still not good. The HDR is yeah. broken. Oh, uh, yeah. As, yeah. as I said,
0: we, it's, there's so much stuff broken in this yeah. game. But and but I'm H- not even convinced the, in six months it's going to be all fixed. So
1: the HDR should be a fixed like that like that. that's just literally they didn't know what they were doing and they did the same they broke the Witcher 3's HDR on the Xbox One the same way when they updated yep. it at one point a couple of years ago which is bizarre to me that they still don't understand if you look at some of the videos on it, basically it doesn't output. It, it, when you when you up the brightness on the HDR settings, it just raises the whole profile. It doesn't keep everything at true blacks. Yep. It just it doesn't stretch it the way you're supposed to with HDR. It just basically takes SDR and makes it
0: brighter, so you lose all the black levels. It's really sloppy, it's washed out. Yeah, well, you just mentioned it, and then as it turns out, you were right. It yeah. was legitimately like wrong. I did not you have the just, scopes. You just and looked stuff. at it and were like, I think this is a problem, and you were absolutely right. Yeah. That was I didn't have
1: problem. the scopes and stuff to prove it, but like right. on YouTube videos had gone up like by the next day that we're showing like this is you know look at the scope yeah. on this monitor you it it. right you can t- i mean once you see enough good hdr you know when you see bad hdr and this was that and it's not like that on the pc the pc looks great yep so
0: uh pc is great and honestly i've had playing it on ps5 it's annoying but it hasn't been bad enough that it stopped me
1: so take that yeah, for I mean, what it's worth i am probably going to stop you are. Um, You're gonna wait. I'm, I'm for gonna patches. wait because it's okay. just too annoying to me. You may point. get really bored over the holiday season and change your mind. I mean, I could go back in and do a bunch of the open world side stuff and yeah. not, you know, miss too much. Like, there's plenty to do that doesn't advance the main story. Yeah, there's but, crap
0: going on everywhere. It's but the main story so
1: far, I do really like. I don't. I, I will say again, I don't find this to be a cyberpunk story. I think it is a noir story set in a cyberpunk setting, which is a different thing. Yeah. Um. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's it's.
0: I don't uh, really care. I just, I like the story. I like the characters. I like the characters. I care I just, about the characters in the game, like really care about them. And when stuff happens to them, I'm affected by it. Um, and that's how they're written, how they're voiced, all of it.
1: Um, I like the characters. I just think it's a, it's a a it's a shame they missed the opportunity to actually do a good cyberpunk story. Instead, they kind of did. This is uh, the story, and this is something that you would find in what was called new wave science fiction, which predated. Matt, I, the Matt I think we went through this so.
0: last week, and I think at the end of it all, I said I think it's something that you care about a lot more than everybody else does.
1: Um, I don't agree with that because there are people who care a lot about what cyberpunk is. And well, yeah, if you're, gu- saying- if you're buying a game called cyberpunk, I think you're. Going I hear you, but Matt, be,
0: I think you're talking about a half of a percent of the people that will buy this game.
1: Um. I don't I agree that with
0: that, but and also, it's close to that. and
1: also there's no such thing as criticism that shouldn't make you care because this is a more interesting way and less surface level way to approach the material. And this is a very surface level approach to this material that they're taking. And I think that's disappointing. Okay.
0: Um, It's time for Q&A, but I think you guys are confused and and you're like, are they going to do Q&A? Because the stream isn't ending. We do want to do a little Q&A here at the end of uh, 241. It's not going to be as long as usual because we need to wrap this show and do our Game of the Year awards. Uh, But we'll take a couple from you guys. Um, Here's one from Vincent. Um, oh, surprise, Returnal didn't make the TGA shortlist, given your love for Housemark. Thoughts on the gameplay and thoughts on that being Sony's only contribution. And you're right, I did kind of overlook that. Um, and that's a good point. I should have included it. Uh, don't take it as a slight, anyone. Um, it was also kind of the only PS5 thing that showed up, which is mm-hmm. makes it a huge oversight on my part. Um, how did you think it looked, Matt? Looks cool. I mean, I could see the
1: house Mark. Uh, you know, yep. pedigree there. Um, yep. finally, looks cool. I, mean, I didn't I'm,
0: see it at first in the first trailer, yeah. I mean, I'm
1: interested. I just
0: it's hard, still to, re- hard to really a draw
1: lot a lot of con- a lot of con- conclusions from that. It still reminds me of that other game where you play the the woman who's has to fight her own clones, yeah, whose name, the name I can never remember. Um, yeah, I mean, you got my attention. It's, it's funny, there's like a, there's a little cadre of sort of like space oriented next gen games. Who's I can't ever remember the, the difference between them, but I'm interested in all of them, <laughs> like yeah. this. But uh it's so sort of, I I've kind of hit this point with the kind of the upcoming, you know, first wave of next gen titles where I'm just like, I'm just not gonna worry about it. Like they'll get here when they get here. Like in the meantime, we'll we'll I don't know, I'll just play Spider-Man again or something. Like I'm, i but it looked cool. It looked cool and it looks like Housemark is not completely abandoning their, you know, established aesthetic, even if they're making a very different thing than they've made before. So I was I was happy to see that.
0: Yep. Um I thought it looked okay. Um Mm. I forgot it. So that tells you a lot. Yeah, I did
1: too. So, yeah, I, oh, there you go. I was trying
0: Matt to think of it. I didn't think of it either. Yeah, so. I was trying
1: to think even when we we're in the middle of the show, like, is there anything he didn't bring up that I would bring up? I, you yeah. know, I think I the game think is it.
0: struggling to leave an impression is what I would say. Um, Ultimate Ultimate Villain. Thank you for Twitch Prime, man. You got in here at the end. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, Earth Heath Demon. I understand the business reasons why, but do you think CD Projekt Red should have canceled the PS4 and Xbox One versions? No. Mm -mm. I don't think cancel. I think delay a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's too big of an addressable market for them to ignore. So they had to eventually put it out for those. But look, if they wanted to release the game for PS5 and Xbox Series X and PC and then delay the other versions... I think that would have been smarter, but boy, would they have got so much heat! Yeah, and
1: I also don't. You, you, this was Ooh. never going to run right on the vanilla PS4. Never. I don't know S. if it ever like, there's will. Just no way. No, you, it won't. It's not. It, you're gonna. You, there's too many compromises you're gonna have to make. Which is funny for a game that was announced before those systems were released. It existed. Like,
0: I know. Um,
1: <laughs> it's you, know you could. Pr- you're probably gonna be able to get the One X and the Pro up to a certain, you know, certain standard, and that's about where it's gonna rest. Um, I don't think it was an option to release the next gen versions first because it, clearly they don't have those done yet. Uh, you, you know, probably is a factor of when they got the final hardware for both of them. Um, I think you probably should have delayed it to the, at least the point when the next gen versions were ready. Yeah. Um, so at least alongside the you know the, the disappointing console versions, you could at least point to the next gen stuff and say, well, at least that works. Yep. You know? But instead, you have. You know, legacy code running on the next-gen systems and not even running very well in a lot of cases. Um, they've already had to do the the quick patches to. To fix, you know, the, the PS5 version actually, you know, it introduced more crashes. Like in the brief amount of time I played it, too. Yeah. Um, but it does look sharper. Like it they looks did better. They didn't yeah. improve yeah. it. Series a bit. X right now, but I don't, um, that
0: won't last, I don't think. Once they get HDR and everything going.
1: No, no, but like but like the the muddiness that made the text hard to read for me when I loaded it was was gone when I yeah. loaded up after the patch. So at least they did that. Um, they did fix the epilepsy problem on the yeah. on the the brain. Yeah, they had done thing. that before the show last week, actually. Um, not on the Xbox. Oh, the the post that patch had not gone up on the Xbox yet. Gotcha. Um, So, which does, you know, it's just a slow glow now, which is probably not going to do anything to anybody. Um, So, I guess, you know, I think they said there's another patch coming like next week. There's going to be a patch coming next week. And there's a big one. Well, then there's a big one in January and another big one in February, and then they'll see where they are.
0: Um, they're still going to be short <laughs> I can tell you not. that right now
1: <laughs> I, mean,
0: the, I mean the Witcher 3 never quite solidified in some ways So I mean it's still kind of busted in some ways so I don't know Here if this game there. will ever get there but uh, last question for this episode uh, then we got to go to our Game of the Year awards um, this one comes from Zed Saber Juno uh, the Game Awards being three hours felt excessive we agree obviously based on our discussion uh, is it possible for Jeff to get rid, f- rid of the fluff and make it only two hours I don't think he can, because what you have to realize is everything is paid for. I mean, some of those reveals, like even maybe some of the big ones, there might be some financial considerations in place there. Mm -hmm. I know at first, definitely they got to run that stuff for free. But now that the Game Awards are on their feet and he has that size of an audience, he might be charging publishers to run their stuff in the show. And, And I don't know that for a fact. I'm just saying that's typically how these businesses kind of evolve over time.
1: There's uh, definitely I mean, sponsorship deals in place for that. Yeah. And Which like, is why he doesn't need to advertise Schick Razors anymore.
0: Right. And so the runtime, he probably needs it to turn a profit because mm-hmm. time is money in advertising. So I don't think it'll probably ever be shorter than two hours. I think maybe someday he'll get it to two and a half if the show starts doing really well because it is bloated. And I think even if you could get him to talk openly about it he would probably agree that the show's bloated but it i think it has to be right now so uh, also that's
1: just award shows
0: they are that long and i think they all could probably be shorter so i think that's that's probably the deal but anyway imagine how
1: much longer it'll be if he ever starts giving the awards out
0: right one by one instead of just listing them off in big in big blocks yep uh, so, anyway, that's Game Face episode 241. Definitely the last live streamed episode of Game Face for 2020. There is a chance we do one more pre taped one. Uh, But stuff's going to have to happen for that to happen, because right now it is dead, and it probably will be until the end of the year. Now, I realize a lot of you guys may not watch our Game of the Year award, so I want to thank all of you guys uh, for all the support you have given Game Face or Pactor Factor or our Patreon or any of the other crazy things that we've done this year. Uh, I want to thank... As I said at the beginning of the show, I want to thank Matt. I want to thank Jared, but I also want to thank, most importantly, Vincent. Vincent has been grinding behind the scenes this whole year. Um, I don't even know if you guys realized like how he has transformed this year. I mean, he has gone from basically someone who is just helping with curation to someone who is producing really good content for us. Um, and so, Vincent, kudos, brother. You have had an amazing transformative year, and it's been incredible to watch. I also want to thank Mitch. It's hard to even remember at this point that Mitch was here at the beginning of the year trying to help us. Uh, And then obviously coronavirus hit. He needed to get a job. He does have a job, by the way. And he's doing really good. He has his own place now. uh, And he is kind of assimilated into LA, which is good. Uh, But, you know, he showed up at the beginning of the year to try to help as much as he could. And I want to thank him for that as well. Thanks to the people who have been donating cash to us uh, at sifted.net slash donate over the last few days. Um, that is up and working. We we're having some issues with it before, but we we just got someone to fix it and we ran some tests. It's good now. Uh, thanks to people who subscribe with Twitch Prime. I could just go on and on. There's so many people to thank from this year, uh, just really from the bottom of my heart. Thanks to all of you. It. I hate to use this phrase, but it really, for, for us, it really does take a village to keep this going. It takes everyone. It takes the people on YouTube sub- subscribing with Twitch Prime. If those people didn't do that, We wouldn't survive. That's just the honest to God's truth. So it takes everyone. And I appreciate everyone in equal measure. Our big patrons who are really giving huge chunks of cash to us every month. Thank you. I can't even even put it into words how much I appreciate it. So much love to all you guys. I really hope everyone has as good a holiday season as possible, no matter what you celebrate. Um, And I hope that somehow, some way you're able to safely spend time with the people that you really care about. Um, And so on behalf of Matt, who you can find on Twitter, at MKyle. And on behalf of Jared, I'm Shane Satterfield, who you can find at Dinfire on Twitter. Um, And we'll see you guys, hopefully. Well, we'll see. It may be next year, it may not. But for now, Game Face is up and out.